Masquerading as a man with a reason My charade is the event of the season And if I claim to be a wise Hello everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Link to the Cast. I'm your party host, Dave Ryan. Another year has passed, and it's time for our annual Game of the Year Awards show. And uh, I have brought along a merry band of pals with me to discuss the best and the worst in video games in 2016. First, my co-host every week on this show, it's Old Man Robinson. Mark, how are you? I'm feeling it this week. Um, I've been looking forward to doing this show for a whole year, and over the last couple of weeks, I've been formulating what I wanted to talk about and um, and all the games that I've enjoyed this year, because 2016 has been a very good year for games and terrible in a lot of regards. And then a couple of days ago, I got ill. So, um, yeah, sitting here with a cup of tea in my dressing gown, but ready to talk about games. I'm here for the calls. Good, good. Uh, joining us also are two of our favorite guests on the show. Uh, the first man I'm going to shoot to is uh, the the co-host of the uh, Accidentally on Hiatus Away Goals podcast. It's Jack Lazell. Jack, how are you? I believe I'm the Roman Reigns of this podcast. You are the Roman Reigns of the podcast. <laughs> it's how I'm normally introduced now. Yeah, how's it going, mate? You're right. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. How was your Christmas? It was good. I ate everything. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Our final guest filling out our panel this year is a man who may play nearly as many games as myself and Mark Robinson. Uh, you know him from YouTube. You know him from his strong personal brand on the tweet machine. It's Barry Murphy, the Barry lad. Barry, how are you? Not too bad. I'm pretty good. I've been speaking of playing lots of games. I've been on a little uh, little marathon session the last week to kind of catch up all the stuff I missed at the end of the year. So uh, I got a lot of stuff fresh in my brain and I'm excited to talk about it. Oh man, yeah, there's such a backlog happened at one point this year. Uh, Mark, I'll tell you, I had a, like close to a dozen games on my backlog that I hadn't even touched. I did some good work in the last couple of months. Well, some horrible work because I didn't go outside that much in the last yeah. couple of months of the year where I kind of cut down that backlog a bit. But there's still a couple of games that I think may have been on my own personal top 10 list that I just haven't really gotten to. Um, I've barely started the likes of Dishonored 2 and I have um, I have Skyrim but I haven't touched it because I know that everything else will fall by the wayside if I start something that big yeah I had a, a few games I was going to play over the last week and then I played Dirt Rally non-stop for the last week so I am good to go <laughs> shit happens <laughs> shit happens I, well um, I the way if, we're going uh, oh, yeah. sorry yeah, I, was, I, was, I wonder if we could like maybe we could preface this by maybe talking about like some some of the major stuff we didn't get to this year, because I know I I think I have some gaping holes in my uh, in yeah, my yeah, collection actually, for the year. That's a good idea, Barry. What what are the what are the games you wish you'd gotten to this year? Uh, so I have it in my possession, but I have not yet played Battlefield One. Oh, um, that's a good one. I'll be talking about that. Yeah, I uh, I scooped that and Titanfall up in the in the PSN sale. Uh, oh, I got that, that, Titanfall. That was an absurd bundle. The two of them together. Yeah, I, I was like, that was too good to ignore. So I, I got to Titanfall. I did not yet get to Battlefield. 
so that one's missing, and uh, it really pains me, but I did not get super hot this year because I, I do not have a system that can play it, which is a bummer. Because uh, um, I followed super hot from when it was like a thing you could play in your browser, uh, oh. which feels like a lifetime ago, but um, that was a bummer. Uh, wow, and I think the only other big one would probably be Last Guardian, I guess, which um, just came out at the worst possible time. I just have, I it's it's uh, didn't get around to it. So those are probably the big three for me. There's probably a, a couple others that I'm forgetting, but uh, those are are the ones I did not yet get to. Yeah, my my big ones, like I said, are Dishonored and Skyrim. Although I have kind of scratched a little bit of Dishonored. I've played a couple of hours of Last Guardian, but uh, not a satisfactory amount just yet. Anyway. Um, the one big one that was holding over me all year because Mark was constantly at me to do it was Stardew Valley. But uh, in between about six days ago and now, I have sunk, I think, 31 hours into it now. Oh, jeez. Good man. That's good man. We'll be talking about that later. That is, uh, it, we need to introduce maybe a category next year for the greatest time sink game of the year that you just lose hours and hours to. Um, so I've, I've well and truly caught up on that. Um, but I've, I think I've kind of, I've gotten near or at least played a bit of everything else I was kind of interested in this year, or at least seen enough of other people playing it, um, that, that I'm, I'm quite satisfied. Uh, Jack, how about you? Is there anything you really wish you'd gotten to this year, but real life got in the way? Yeah, this, this is my copy of Skyrim that I have yet to open as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny you should say that because I really wanted to play Skyrim for like ages um, and I bought it because it was like 25 quid on game you know those um, adverts that game do now with James Buckley I don't know if you're getting them in Ireland uh, I, I've heard about them because he has turned into James Buckley from the Inbetweeners has turned into a YouTube gaming personality oh really uh, yeah yes. he has he has a channel called Complete It Mate which is the best name for a channel that <laughs> ever. is fantastic um, uh, and the, he, the revelation lo- this year that that he and Angel Cruz from OTT are both gaming YouTubers uh, did me in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, was not aware of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll show you. I'll show you later. I'll show you later. <laughs> anyway, Jimmy Buckley alerted me to the fact that I could get Skyrim for PS4 for like twenty five quid. So I was like, I'm having some of that. Uh, haven't played it uh, because I'm an idiot. But I also didn't get around to Mafia 3, which is also very sad because I saw many a clip of people grabbing people in Mafia 3 by the back of the head and slamming their face into the pavement. And I thought, just for the fact that you can do that, I want to buy that game. <laughs> uh, Mark? Mafia 3 is a good time. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Mark? A couple of you mentioned there, the likes of Last Guardian. Uh, I'm definitely going to grab Titanfall 2 when that goes down a little bit more because uh, I really want to see what that single-player campaign's about. The two that haven't been mentioned, uh, one is Anime The Road Trip, also known as Final Fantasy XV. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of curious by that. I want to see what's going on there. And the one that has I had a yeah, I had a voucher for Christmas from for GameStop, and I thought about it for a second, yeah. getting Final Fantasy fifteen. <laughs> I I toyed with it for a second, and then almost to remove the temptation as a possibility, I just went and put the entire voucher down on my Switch pre order. Yeah, like, get rid of this investment. money so that I'm not tempted. Yeah. Uh, and then the other, it's a good time. The guys. the the other, um, just because I have no way of playing it at the moment, is uh, Owlboy. 
which seems like a game that would really be up my street, and I'm really hoping at some point next year that's, that gets ported to PS4 or even to, to Mac, because uh, I imagine that would have probably been a game I would have been talking about for a contention for one of these awards by the looks of it. And surprised that it's not really popped up in any other places, because like across the board it's been reviewing really, really well. So, yeah, never mind. Um, the way we do it, uh, I say every year, this is only the second year we've been doing it, but we're going to do it the way we did last year, where I, I'll introduce a category, I'll run through the list that is prepared here in alphabetical order in front of me on the agenda, and then we'll kind of go around in a virtual circle, and we'll start knocking games off here or there. If people want to fight one getting knocked off, we can have a bit of a fight over it. Um, but we'll keep proceeding until we're down to one. So we'll have one winner, uh, no ordered list or anything like that in any of the categories, except game of the year, where we will get first, second, and third, the medal positions. Um, so is everybody happy with that? Yep. That good, good. good, yeah. Uh, also, if anyone you wants to... Do, you guys ahead, are doing your list, I realize, damn, I've, I've missed even more than I realize. It's been such a busy <laughs> year. If, uh, if anyone wants to call an audible during any of these categories and throw in anything during, uh, feel free to do so. But we have pretty meaty lists here. So I'm I'm hoping we haven't got any glaring emissions here. I think between the four of us, we've covered uh, almost everything that uh, has come out this year that the main headlines. But uh, with that said, let's get into it. And the first couple of awards here are going to be looking at the downside of things before we get into the positives of the year. And the first is... Uh, my favourite and least favourite category in our awards, and that is the Konami Corner Award for Ineptitude in Video Games. Uh, an award that celebrates um, just absolute bullshittery uh, and nonsense uh, last year being awarded hands down to Konami uh, and their handling of the uh, the Kojima and Metal Gear Solid debacle. Um, this year, we've got quite a competitive list. Uh, like Mark said at the start of the year, it's been a great year for video games, but it's also been a, a year of some hot takes and some bullshit as well. So uh, the, the nominees in this category are Augmented Lives Matter for Deus Ex, uh, the Counter-Strike Go Lotto Idiots, uh, EA at E3, EA sending Titanfall out to die by releasing it within two weeks of Call of Duty and one of its own games. Uh, kind of funny games shit fit over PS4 Pro. Mighty Number no. 9's launch. Uh, no Man's Sky's PR nightmare. Uh, <laughs> Oculus Rift in its entirety for almost all of 2016. The Sonic Anniversary Party. Street Fighter V. Telltale's Game Engine. The Battlefield Onesie. And The Division hobbling itself after launch. So, um... I am going to throw first to Mark to talk about something or to knock something off the list here. Okay, I think we can knock off the uh, EA at E3 because, let's be honest, E3 doesn't have a lot going it going for it these days and it needs this kind of shit show just to make it relevant. And to be honest, I enjoyed <laughs> seeing fucking Big Jose up on stage for a <laughs> video game conference. I will take that every year. So... Um, it was fucking ridiculous, and um, let's be honest as well, thanks to the Battlefield 1 thing at, uh, at E3, we got a hashtag Weed3, uh, so I think that, <laughs> yeah. that alone uh, means it doesn't need to be anywhere near this list. Yeah, I don't think it, it, it wins, but definitely uh, I, I felt it needed to be mentioned there. I put that one up uh, just because it was absolutely ridiculous between it being filmed in two venues, one at E3 and one in London, uh, having the guy who played Alex Hunter come on and do a monologue 
to absolute silence and confusion. Uh, Jose Mourinho coming out clearly because he was just promised his kid could get a free copy of FIFA 17 uh, ahead of time or something like that because he definitely did not want to be there. Uh, and yeah, the uh, the celebrities uh, that may have imbibed uh, before the Battlefield 1 uh, live stream, uh, it was definitely worthy of mention. So that's knocked off the list now. Uh, we'll go to Jack. Anyone here that's uh, standing out to you? Something we need to knock off? Um, I, I kind of feel a bit sorry, and I don't know uh, how intent any of you guys might be on burying it six feet deep, but I kind of feel a bit sorry for the, the No Man's Sky people. Um, I just feel like the entire gaming world, for whatever reason, got a massive, huge, ginormous in their bonnet about the whole no man's sky thing i mean yes like the kind of the way it was hyped up obviously kind of fed into the whole pr stunt itself of of getting it but at the end of the day it's just kind of a a bit of an elite dangerous style knockoff game and i don't really know why people got so much i don't know anger or rage towards it. Um, yeah, it it's just a space exploration game. Just yeah. everybody needs to chill I, out. I definitely think that it was uh, there was some de- a definite ineptitude from PR, both from Hello Games and from Sony on this one. Uh, and whereas it was one of the biggest consistent stories uh, all throughout the year. Uh, much to the chagrin of both of those parties at certain points. Um, I don't, I'm looking at a couple of other things on this list, and I'm thinking there are a couple of other things that I would sooner see up the top of this list. I don't know. Um, I, but you I will don't... find a particular Reddit uh, thread that will describe this consistently as, like, the worst fucking thing that's ever happened. Yeah. You see, I, I would exactly. more... You see, I would more be inclined to award uh, a, an award for something horrible to the community around the game that were looking for somebody to burn an effigy of throughout the year because they yes, annoyed the... me far more than a game that uh, just came out and was, eh. You know? Exactly. The entitlement of the community is probably worse than... I, I just don't get what people were expecting. Like, I, 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 really, I will yeah. say this. I think because I figured we was going to get to No Man's Sky at some point. I feel that everyone, in some way or fashion, uh, takes a bit of the blame for how No Man's Sky ended up not being, but the the hype and and everything that surrounded the game from when we first saw it a couple of years ago. Um, yes, that original trailer and the comparison video piece that came out with the fucking um panpipes panpipes yeah to Jurassic Park yes it's quite clear that there are some major flaws with how that game came out and certainly compared to that original trailer uh, i also think that I'm just going to say um... well, cuz we've always said you've always said from the get go that no man's sky is a game that you kind of get out of it what you are willing to put in now, yeah. and it, I, I, I also think about it is if you read past the the headline makers uh, about this and we're actually reading into the substance of what people were saying about it, uh, I, I can't see how your expectations were getting too wildly out of check. Um, you know, you may be uh, moderately disappointed still when the game comes out, but to me, anybody who was thinking this was realistically going to be the last game they'd ever need to buy if they were paying in any way close attention is just living pure fantasy, as far as I'm concerned. Barry, what about uh, you? Um, uh, I mean, so I'm kind of, 
I've kind of softened on the No Man's Sky thing um, a lot in, in the months since I doubt. And, and like you guys mentioned, I feel like a lot of it is at fault of the community rather than Sony or Hello Games, I feel like. And not just in terms of the backlash, which to me makes it fair to, to remove this one because um, part of the difficulty of the PR was how how just how much hard work the community was. Uh, but also, yeah, I think I think part of the, the, the disappointment of the game was just that everyone worked themselves up so much about it. Uh, and I feel like I, I took something from the whole experience, which is to, you know, pre-order less stuff and get less swept away by, by E3 demos and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I, I also think from the, the developer's perspective, the lesson that should be learned is maybe don't announce your game so far ahead of time yeah. that this shitstorm has time well, to breathe i think with that i that that's a kind of hindsight 2020 uh kind of point because i don't think i, mean, I don't think that, anyone could... we, we, we've seen like multiple times like remember when fallout 4 came out only about four or five months after it was announced and people were thought this is very refreshing that we don't have to see a slightly different trailer after you, slightly you, different you trailer for that. three years first. you say that but I, I i bring two words to you and they are deaf and stranding and that's a game that's not going to be out for at least three years. Yeah, I know, and I'm very worried about that. <laughs> Fair. I'm just, not just worried to bring about that to it, because if you accept it as Hideo Kojima, you know it's going to be a hot mess, but glorious at oh, the same time. That is a conversation for another day. But yeah, I, I feel that um, No Man's Sky doesn't need to be on here, and certainly isn't going to win this. Uh, I am going to knock off the... Um... What will I look at here? Um, I am going to knock off the Sonic Anniversary Party uh, just because yeah. it was uh, I, it was one of my highlights of the year, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, that should be on the good award. Like, seriously, man. Yeah, if, if anybody hasn't seen the Sonic Anniversary live stream where um, the technology was failing, there were terrible bands singing songs about Sonic, uh, audio was coming in and out. Um, there's a great uh, either video or podcast, I can't remember what it was, of Jim Sterling watching this stream. That is the best thing. Um, Quite honestly, or he, it, no, he cut together the highlights of it. That's what he did. If it, if um, it wasn't like this, it wouldn't have been Sega and it wouldn't have been Sonic and it wouldn't have felt right. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to do now is, uh, Barry, I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm going to say, what one do you want to cut off here? And I want you to explain to... Um, Anybody who wasn't aware, uh, one of the ones you put on here, which was uh, kind of funny games shit fit over the PS4 Pro. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think that might actually be what I, I cut because I don't think it... Um, looking at the list, it's like, okay, there's there's way bigger stuff than this. I, <laughs> I'll keep it to myself, but dare I say, I, I think I know my personal winner for this one. Just, I mean, just wanted to make mention of it. Uh, obviously, kind of funny games, some former IGN guys, Greg Miller, Colin Mariotti, a few others uh doing their own thing now you know majorly considered you know big time playstation writers and uh, and um, podcasters and stuff and basically after talking endlessly about ps4 pro for a year before it came out and and all the way up to release they basically didn't cover it at release because they weren't sent one and it was it to me it was just so lazy and it and it kind of capped off what i felt was a pretty weak year for them yeah, uh, but my interest in in their output has waned and waned and waned and waned since yeah. they um you, since you know they went independent. Yeah, you know what? Like I I'd be the same with you, Barry. It's like I'm big fans of those guys. Uh, I particularly used to love uh, Colin Moriarty's long form pieces when he was at IGN. Absolutely. And, uh, 
for the first year or so, I was really keeping up with their content a lot because I consume a lot of YouTube content. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like I get a half hour every day of guys I kind of like talking about stuff I kind of like. Um, but somewhere there in the last six to eight months, I just, without even realizing it, I'm just watching it less and less. And uh, I'm kind of disappointed that there there isn't kind of... Um, an outlet for them because I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them on podcasts beyond the IGN PlayStation podcast yeah. back in the day, but I really miss some of the written content they were responsible for as well. Um, I think the the format that they present their content in doesn't allow them to uh, go into the deep dives on particular issues I'd want them to. Um, so yeah, I've been kind of getting a bit disenchanted with them, uh, much as I very much had respected their opinions in the past. And this PS4 Pro thing really was just. You know, I know they're friends with a lot of people in Sony. And I know they're the kind of, you know, they're, they're considered such PlayStation guys that they are given their own panel at PSX every year. That'll yeah. tell you how kind of synonymous with PlayStation they are. But in spite of that, no one should ever have this kind of expectation or entitlement that they're just going to be given it when it is their job to cover that. People are coming to them for the PlayStation content. So whether they're getting it for free or not, they should be covering it because it, it like it was a prominent story for PlayStation gamers this year, the release uh, of the PS4 Pro. Um, so it's kind of uh, inexcusable, the tantrum they threw. Yeah, I don't um, think it yeah. falls within the, the spirit of ineptitude, but it certainly is one of those, what the uh, well, fuck I is think, wrong with you two? I think the way, I think the way they handled it uh, definitely was kind of, uh, inept might be a little strong, but it was definitely like, it was the, a tantrum. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And that that's really bad PR for guys who are, you know, trying to exist outside the the system of the the big gaming websites. Um Do like, we not feel like that sort of thing is kind of how people attract uh new viewers and new eyes and ears on their product now in video games? It almost I, seems like hyperbole and stuff like that is is, is a is a kind of tool that people are using to get yeah. people to go along and, yeah. and that's kind of like i don't like ever yeah. there seems to be a frenzy uh and people seem attracted to the frenzies yeah. in the video i mean it's it's, it's 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 a roll of the dice as well because um this doesn't seem to have panned out for them because i've seen no one uh, really willing to defend their uh, tantrum over this uh, much in the same way, I remember a similar kind of people throwing a tantrum about things was, I, if anyone remembers the the Rooster Teeth rant last year about people not loving Fallout 4. Oh, Jesus, that. Where yeah. they mentioned Jeff Gersman of Giant Bomb by name and started burying people. You don't mention the Gersman and expect to come out of it alive. <laughs> like, it, genuinely, like, um, it... It was, and Jeff's response to that being like, I, I, I'm not going to take my review of Fallout 4 from people that were literally wearing pip boys on their arms during the video. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it kind of, like you were saying, Jack, sometimes people use the hyperbole to get clicks. But uh, I think on this occasion and the one with Rooster Teeth last year, it kind of blew up in their faces. It's not the most inept thing all year, but it definitely was. I was so disappointed in guys I had considered to have quite a bit of integrity before that. Mm. Um, but however, um Right, it's starting to get a bit thin on the ground here. We're um, we're getting to the real, uh, the real uh, shit shows here. Uh, yep. I, uh, I I'll start this round. Um, I'm going to get rid of the battlefield onesie. Yeah, so I, I was yeah. going to suggest that. Yeah, 
when Battlefield 1 came out, um, one of the things we talked about in the podcast, one of the things a lot of people were concerned about is World War One. Uh, even uh, when you're grading on the curve of wars, which are not funny business, um, it is one of the more harrowing wars that has ever happened. And uh, there was a lot of concern that uh, people in video games and specifically video game PR have not been the most culturally sensitive people in times past. Um, another nominee in this category uh, goes to show that for sure. But... Um, in terms of how badly it could have gone, them trying to uh, kind of merchandise World War One, where we lost an entire generation of people, um, I think releasing a Battlefield onesie, uh, we it is remarkable that that is the limit to which they fucked it. <laughs> you know, it could yeah. have been so much worse. It really could have been. Um, I mean, they, 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 there was also like. Um... <laughs> I can't believe they did this in hindsight. There was also I, their. I know their exactly where you're account, going. <laughs> their official account was like, <laughs> when the squad is lit and oh, it's a yeah. gif of like people getting hit with a flamethrower. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's like, oh god. But it's amazing because you, you think about it, there are two very different masters at work here because the the actual game itself and the uh, the attention to detail and respect that's kind of treated to World War One To turn it into a video game and what they do with it was very successful, but there's clearly like a marketing and PR team that are way over here on the other side of the fucking office who are just doing their own thing, and I can imagine the developers are looking at them thinking, what the fuck are you doing to our game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think what I'm going to do for this now, just to speed things up, is get everybody to do... Uh... Actually, no, no, I'll start that with the next category. Never mind, I'm just talking out of my arse. Uh, Mark, next one to knock off. Uh, I think we can get rid of uh, The Division, hobbles itself after launch. Let's be honest, we're not developers. Uh, creating a game is difficult enough. Creating a netcode that is going to work for uh, a massively multiplayer online uh, type of game isn't the easiest thing to do. And uh, while Ubisoft has been around for a while, you'd expect them to get it right. Yeah. You know, eventually, well, for the most see, part, they're there now. Some parts are still on fire. Well, the, the, the fucking itself thing wasn't just down to the netcode. It was also down to they kept trying to balance the game and were wildly taking things out of whack and making the game increasingly grindy and horrible. Um, like, at launch, it was fine. There was netcode issues, but in terms of the actual minute of gameplay when you're online, I was really enjoying it. Um, I will say, I, the biggest piece of ineptitude that in that game in terms of the design is the way that you had to queue, or you had to sign up, yeah, and yeah. The, the images of people stuck in a queue and not able to get in to sign up was yeah. they, one of the most they amazing thankfully... things I've seen this year. And that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to knock it off as well is that they have unfucked almost everything. Yeah. At this point, the netcode works. Uh, those balancing issues that they created have been fixed. And that queuing issue was actually sorted within about a week of launch, I think, if even that long. Um, that, that's I one think... of those, like, this sounds like a really cool idea on paper, but executed. Because it... <laughs> what you end up is like people were queuing to get up to those laptops and you had people that were just willing to stand at the laptop. Yeah. Just to troll people. Um, okay, uh, Jack. Um, I don't know if this will be a controversial one or not, but the augmented lives matter thing. Uh, Again, this is, I feel kind of similar to Battlefield where you've got the developers yeah. doing one thing and then you've got PR over yeah. here doing another thing and you're like yeah. you need to sort this shit out 
yeah, that game came out and it's actually it's a it's a I really like that game. Um and I think within the actual game itself, it's not the most sensitive handling of kind of it it's all a kind of allegory for apartheid. Um and it's not as heavy handed as augmented lives matter for the most part in that game. It's actually a little more nuanced than that. So in terms of the actual game itself, um there was no moment that maybe go quite like the augmented lives matter thing. And I think yeah, if we're gonna discount the battlefield onesie augmented lives matter is slightly worse than that but it's still not like there are some things on this list left that are legitimate crimes um, <laughs> <laughs> not to get yep. literally too much here but uh i i don't think uh some clumsy and thoughtless pr work uh is as bad as some of the other things on this list yeah um, i just think it it's just stupidity rather than as you say, criminal behavior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barry? Ooh. Um, I know there's one here that you'll be fighting to get up high this list. <laughs> I, I've got I've got two here that I feel are close to my heart. So I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking for other ones. And also I guess I guess I have three that I really like that. This is a great category, let me tell you. Um <laughs> how I already give you so so I if it was me just because I had no attachment to it because I I don't have any attachment to the original IP. You, any of you guys feel really passionate about Mighty Number no. Nine? Let me fucking talk to you about Mighty <laughs> Number no. Nine. I, I, I thought someone oh, would. I thought someone would. You started him off. All right, now <laughs> I didn't put this in the disappointment of the year category because it was exactly what I was expecting. What I wasn't expecting was to be treated to a terrible game, a boring game, a game that I think made about three million. Uh, over the span of about three years in uh, on, a, on a Kickstarter campaign. That is not a game that was that $3 million was spent on. Um, and certainly not by the man who was part of the original conception of Mega Man. Then the fucking PR, again, the PR around that game. Oh my god, what was going on with that? It's not going to win this category, and it's not going to win Disappointment of the Year, so effectively, I'm I'm happy to take it off, because there are things here that are far worse and far more offensive. Let's let's all before we fin- before and I will I will take it off then if if you're agreeing to that mark, um let's all remember the uh, the launch trailer that featured uh, being disappointed like an anime fan on fan on prom night. Oh and yeah. Their their response to the game being terrible when it came out by the creators of the game saying, well, it's better than nothing, and I would argue that is not necessarily the case. That um, was just a terrible, terrible game, and uh yeah, it's. It it's up there for me as like a personal kind of uh, Konami Corner Awards winner. Um, but I mean, I think Dave's kind of hit it on the nail on the head here. But that uh, nothing there was what you classify as uh, criminal. Um, although some <laughs> of the game design you could classify as such. So yeah, yeah I I will happily uh, I put that on there just to kind of get my to vent about it. But I will happily take that off because uh, there are there are some more uh, outrageous. Um, uh, topics here to be discussed. Yeah. Also, yeah. I expect uh, a year from now for me to have a similar rant if ukulele is no good. Oh uh, God! Imagine because that will break my fucking heart, gentlemen. Let me tell you. <laughs> um. Okay. So Barry went last. Uh, I'll start again. Um. I am going to go. Uh. With because it was because it's kind of expected behavior from these people. 
it isn't my most inept thing all year. Just kind of, yeah, of course they do this. Uh, but it is still definitely deserving of being in what is now our top five most inept things that happened this year. And that's EA sending Titanfall 2 out to die by releasing it uh, on the week in between Call of Duty and Battlefield 1, which is worth noting, is also an EA product. For a game that doesn't have a particularly large install base from the original yeah. and needed all the help it could get. Not only that, but by a lot of people's accounts, Titanfall 2 is the best one of those three games I just mentioned. And was the first yeah, to probably I... get slashed in half within a month. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so... Oh, man. I, cause I, so I just played Titanfall 2 this week. I started it, finished it, and put about six or seven hours into the multiplayer. So early days with the, with the multiplayer. But this, I, I, I missed the Ferrari on this first time around, but in hindsight, I'm like, oh my god, this game is so good, it is so, so good, yeah. and this is a bummer, because it, it does feel like like conversations around it have quietened, and, and you know, servers are relatively busy, I haven't had a trouble getting a match, but it does feel like it is just not in the conversation at all, and that is that is criminal, but uh, I I don't know if it, if it if it's as bad as some of the other stuff on this list. But uh, it's oh, not. That's... It's not. But it's yeah, like it's astonishing I've, for EA um, to do this. Yeah, like I I think like EA had the there are two games in this Battlefield One and Titanfall Two are the best of those three. I, I by most people's accounting, even fans of the series, this year's Call of Duty is incredibly lackluster, um, despite having Jon Snow and Conor McGregor in it. Shock horror, um. <laughs> But Battlefield 1, which I have finished, is the best Battlefield game in a long, long time and actually tells a real interesting story that is not only a compelling first-person shooter, uh, not only a compelling almost period drama, but also has enough historical hooks in it to hook me in, who is a proper history nerd, obviously. Um, And that's a really good game. And I am only about three hours into the campaign on Titanfall 2, but I am loving the hell out of it. Um, And apparently it only gets better from there. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to getting back into that. Probably we'll play a bit of it tonight, actually. Um, So it's disappointing, but it's not the most egregious thing that happened this year. So I am going to put that into red just there. Okay, now... (laughs) <laughs> I think I know what the top two are going to be and the other two I know there's at least uh, one person who's going to be very passionate about them so I'm going to shoot to them on this um, Mark tell me about Street Fighter 5 look <laughs> Capcom clearly made that uh, and released it as uh, as early as they did because they wanted to get it out for the Capcom Cup Um and for the people that are invested in Street Fighter uh, and in the esports scene surrounding Street Fighter, they're all happy with that game. It, it's what they want it to be. Other than some networking issues to begin with, it, and now we're on to Season 2, it's pretty much where they want it to be. For me, I would have liked more content. I would have liked um, the kind of stuff that you get with the likes of Tekken and certainly the likes of the new Mortal Kombat. I enjoyed the, the arcade or the story mode in, in Mortal Kombat. It was fun, it was campy. It tied it all together in, in a kind of campaign mode. The people that are into Street Fighter don't care about that. They have what they need, which is the characters, the smooth, silky animation of the fighting, and they're grand. So, from that aspect, I can't really have it on this list. Um, but I do think it needs mentioning that they... 
for a game that you know wasn't going to be made unless Sony came along and and kind of shoved cash in their direction, uh, and is kind of a reoccurring thing with Capcom at the moment. I feel that they uh, they really shortchanged themselves on this one, um, but it's just they had a certain audience in mind they were going for, and I think the audience is happy with it. So like, I, I can't really have it win this category for that because there are people that. Okay are happy enough with the game, and considering some of the other entries still on here, happiness is not a way I would describe any of them, or anyone surrounded by it. So, yeah, Street Fighter Five can go. Barry, Telltale Games. Yeah, I, I don't know if it... Um, I don't know if it necessarily uh, is is news. I think most people are aware at this day but their, their engine is, is garbage. It has been forever. Um, it is amazing that this engine is still fucked at this point, and they haven't completely overhauled it. Like that is more I, inept than most of these things that we've taken off by far. Yeah, I'm happy to have this in third place here. That it's the the third last one on the list. Yeah, and and it's frustrating because they just they continue to have success. Yeah, and that bothers me because it's so bad that I yeah. really wish they were failing horribly because of it. Yeah, and bad. they continue to have IPs that would tempt me to buy the games. Yeah, so that's the thing. So, so like now, now I'm just tapping out. Now I'm done. I, I'm not buying any more of this crap. I have a season pass for Batman, so I got to finish it at some stage. But the um, and and the thing is, like, I accept Telltale games for what they are. I don't go into them expecting action. I also go into them expecting the stories to really diverge as you uh, as you play them because I've learned the lesson that that's not really what those games are about. So I come in there with the most appropriate, basic you know, properly adjusted standards ever, and they still let me down because technically uh, uh, the game is just a gigantic failure. Uh, yeah. Three of the four episodes I've played of Batman crashed on me. Uh, like, hard crashed the PS4. Yeah, look up on YouTube. Uh, Barry playing Batman is some of the best entertainment I've had this year. It's 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 just... I've... That's... It's not my thing to typically do. I've never been so annoyed playing a game, like especially because like that. I know when that happens, like oh, I gotta, I gotta do another stream, and I gotta stitch the archives together. Fucking Telltale, you're creating work for me. You know, but you're not doing your own work. The thing is, is like when you have a game that comes out, and for example, a lot of games that use Unity, for example, they all kind of have a similar issue where there's a little bit of frame rate at certain points, and that's just because Unity tra- uh, ported across the PS4 is a bit of a known problem. But when you have a game that has their own in-house um, uh, engine that they use and have been using for a good number of years now, and they're still having these problems, and from what it looks like, these problems are getting worse before they get better. That is fucking astounding. And again, as you said, for them to be getting the success they're getting and the the new um, licenses they're getting, like Guardians of the Galaxy and whatever else, it's it it really seems like you don't want to wish bad on developers, but you're like you're not deserving of this success you're getting. Certainly, where you came from with like The Walking Dead, fair enough. But the the engine is just going backwards before it goes forwards, and that's just unacceptable at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think I think this could go, but uh, but yeah, re- just really frustrating, and and it, it ain't just a crashing too. I mean, it's also just you know the game is just about simple conversations, and and it's just it's stuttering and audio like the the audio's out of sync and stuff, and it's like, dude, I just want you to fucking play some text and audio in sync with each other. I'm not I'm not asking for a miracle here, you know. It's 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 astounding, but yeah. So a, a worthy number three, I feel. 
Um, I think of these remaining two, I think, are we all pretty much agreed without even saying at what order this is going to finish in? Well, I want to just quickly yeah. uh, find out. Oh, so, oh we'll, we, we'll mention both of them, all right. But yeah, I think well, I we just, know. I, I want to start with Jack. Just want to see, Jack, what is your uh, awareness of both of these issues before we, we yeah. kind of dive into them? Okay, so we've got the uh, CSGO lottery thing. Uh, my awareness of that is I, I have a very basic understanding of what happened, that there were some guys who set up a website in which you could place bets on the outcome of Counter-Strike Global Operations games. Is this correct? Yep. yep. Uh, and, 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 and then a Valve now in trouble around this because of their... Uh, not, Valve, not the Valve fact... are pretty much cleared as well. They, they kind of washed their hands of the okay. whole situation, as far as I'm aware. Oh, yeah. that's good, yeah. Um, I... Yeah, so that's kind of understanding there. And I feel like it's... Um, it's a it's a kind of vulgar attempt at a cash grab or a way to make money, uh, yep. but at the same time, it, it's the sort of thing that I'm surprised up to this point hadn't happened, and and I do wonder how different this is from the concept of um, obviously in America gambling is against the law or whatever, but you know I could fire up my iPad now, download an application, and I could bet on a virtual roulette wheel within thirty seconds. Um, what, what I will say that, is that is possible. What I will say is you have two people here that are uh, YouTube influencers, yeah, and, Tom Syndicate and T Martin. Yeah, and they have a, a, a very large audience of uh, a lot of people, which are you know of a pretty young age. And they are, besides the fact they're advocating gambling, um, the fact that they're doing it in a way where they are lying to people um, and have that they that they own the company. Well, and one of them, one of them did and really went to bat for it, and the other one, Tom Syndicate, was kind of like he he was clever about um, shutting the fuck up. Where uh, the other one, yeah. what was his name again? He j- uh, T. Martin, yeah, oh he just kept digging God. holes and deleting videos and tweets and Astonishing uh, going work. back and editing descriptions of videos to act like he had to put that stuff in above the fold. Yeah, it For was, a man who it got was famous all... by the internet, he doesn't understand how the internet works. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a several layers here of ineptitude, and uh, I definitely think that it's not going to win because of the other one involves paedophilia, and that should probably win or lose, depending on how you want to look at it, every single time out, but if that wasn't the case, um, by far, uh, this is an absolutely fucking shocking uh, and appalling uh, thing that has occurred. And when in, in any other year, it would be a clear winner. When we live in this age as well, where there are people saying, oh, games journalism is corrupt and we can only look at people on YouTube to be uh, honest and straight with us. Here's a glaring example of that not being the case at all. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it, it looks like then that the runaway winner is going to be uh, Oculus Rift's year of 2016. Uh, and the two stories there, and I'll kind of throw these open to the group, are uh, firstly to catch people up. Uh, Palmer Lucky, the man who was the kind of the face of VR, was on Time magazine, uh, part of Oculus when it was scooped up by Facebook, was outed this year as being... 
being a bit of a racist, being a member of the alt-right, and if you don't know what alt-right are, just think fascism. They're fascist. Fascism is what it is. Um, So he was uh, out as a member of the alt-right, a guy who's contributed money to uh, alt-right favoring meme groups and things like that. That's that's what what it is. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Um, and uh, he was outed for that, and basically Facebook and Oculus have, uh, I don't know where they've put him, they've put him deep in a hole somewhere that he has not re-emerged from since. Um, so that was bad enough, because you're talking about uh, a guy who's the face of an emerging technology, an emerging um, dynamic shift, potentially, in the way we think of video games, and uh, this is the last thing you need for something like this. So that's bad enough in itself and then over christmas things for oculus got even worse uh and it was when seattle police arrested oculus's head of computer vision dove cats on december 23rd in a sting operation which police a police officer posed as a 15 year old girl cats allegedly invited at uh, to an embassy suites uh for um for uh yes some real to catch a predator type stuff going on here uh so it's bad enough that one guy is turning out to be a bit of a racist but then when one guy uh gets caught in a sting trying to solicit sex from a 15 year old girl that really pushes it over the edge uh for this one uh guys uh thoughts on oculus in 2016 these two stories in particular uh you know i was going to advocate for CS go winning, but I wasn't aware of that second part of the story, so I guess Oculus wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it would have been uh, like the, the you know the the Palmer Lucky thing is kind of you know people who are involved in big companies they're not all going to agree with you politically. So him coming out to be a guy from the alt right is it's disappointing to a lot of people, but it's not you know end of the world surprising uh but yeah this this guy being you know full-on chris hansen is uh yeah it's uh, there's not really there's no way i can turn this into anything funny it's that the hands down winner of this category uh so the konami corner award for ineptitude in video games in 2016 goes to oculus rift uh, congratulations to oculus rift there um let's move on to our other negative category and that is disappointment of the year and what i'm going to do for the categories where we have a good view in it going forward is i'm going to get people to knock off two at a time so that we can get through them a bit quicker um so the nominees for disappointment of the year and this, uh, for a couple of people, could get a bit contentious. Uh, Abzu, Battleborn, Dangerous Golf, Gears of War 4, Inside, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, No Man's Sky, Pocken Tournament, Star Fox Zero, Star, uh, Street Fighter Don't 5. Don't you fucking dare say Stardew Valley, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Street Fighter <laughs> 5, uh, Telltale's Batman, and Trials of the Blood Dragon. Uh, I'm going to start this round of knocking stuff off. We'll go two at a time with this one with Mark. Uh, I think you can take Gears of War 4 off um, because I don't think it wasn't anything more than I was expecting. Um, I do feel at this point I've had my fill of Gears of War. Like I probably Mm -hmm. will play the next one, but it's nothing more than I was expecting at this point. Do you know, it's it's a good game. Uh, I think it is a game that there will be people who are big gears heads who really would have wanted something more for this, that it would have launched off an entirely new trilogy or that Marcus Phoenix would still be the central character. 
Um, but we played it, uh, you and I, Mark, uh, cooperatively, and we had a good bit of fun playing it. Yeah, like, I, I it think was the thing just... is, is I'm not 16 anymore. Yeah. You know? And that said, um, if no one has played through the, the last hour or two of that game, it goes full on uh, somewhere halfway between a Godzilla movie and uh, a good version of a Transformers movie. Oh, it, it goes full on anime. <laughs> and, full on and Gundam. It is, it is amazing. It is so cool. <laughs> we were laughing, laughing, laughing at that. I wanted to put up. that on there because it definitely disappointed some people, but I don't think it's the most disappointing game of the year. I think that will turn up in a, in a later category, but uh, I don't think it needs to be here. Uh, I will also take off, for similar reasons for what I said in uh, the Konami Corner Award, I think Street Fighter Five can come off. Um, I wasn't personally a fan of how that game plays, but for the people that i know that are heavily invested certainly in the fighting genre and i know yeah. some people that are heavily invested and get paid for, for uh, writing about it um it's what they wanted it's what it, they feel is a good street fighter 5 game or a good street fighter game so i think it can come off yeah okay um jack <sighs> tough because they were the two that i was going to take off <laughs> so really tough um <sighs> I'm going to take off um, Battleborn because I almost feel like if if it didn't have Overwatch to compete with, I don't think people would look at it as negatively as they have. It's just like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing there. We've just done it better in this game. Um, so, so I kind of feel like that Battleborn had a real tough time of it because yeah. of that. It's not the most disappointing thing. It just it, it, it is characterized by the fact that Overwatch absolutely whopped it. It's evolved um, game of 2016. Yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. That's what it is. Um, okay, you got another one there, Jack, for us. Um, yeah. The next one, I'm kind of torn because I I don't have as much knowledge of. I know what one I I want to win at this stage. Um. So I'm kind of torn between whether to take off because from what I saw of Mirror's Edge Catalyst, um, it just looked kind of okay, but I wouldn't say it was super disappointing. It depends what you're really expecting from that. I, I, know... I would say I would say that's that's actually a solid pick to take off. Uh, I played a few hours of it. Uh, it seemed like a decent little expansion on what the first game was. And I, but I'm I'm one of the people who who just thought the first one was a cool idea that wasn't a super great game. I was so gonna, I, I did. Go on. So I was I was going to ask you about this because I know that you played a few hours because I played the first one and it was one of those yeah cool concept doesn't quite work in execution and I was wondering if Mirror's Edge Catalyst managed to refine on those mechanics and, and make the experience better for it. But from what I, I I've heard from people it's just it it's kind of more of the same and that's not necessarily a bad thing but it's um it it does it does improve i mean bits of it are better it's got like an upgrade tree with more moves the the open it, it has an open world map well like kind of you know you're super it's pretty damn limited it's not gta or anything but uh, it's better but it's still it's still a very niche thing that i would say just like the first one there's going to be those people who for the next five years are going to wonder where the next one is yeah and, and chances are it's either not going to come or it's not going to come anytime soon because it's 
because yeah. it's just it's it's the new sleeping dogs. It's going to be one that has a small base of people you, who really you loved it. don't you dare compare this to sleeping dogs. <laughs> no, no, sleeping dogs, sleeping dogs by all accounts is better. Well, the PS3 generation of it is uh, not the PS4 yeah. version that I watched Mark glitch through. Let's not talk about uh, that. But it's got its it's got its fan base who will always want another one. But I think maybe um, we may not necessarily it, get another one. There's a real there is a core solid idea or a solid core idea in there somewhere, but they yeah. just they haven't tweaked the formula to to the the right kind of level just to well, to hit that. I, sweet I honest- spot. I honestly think one of my favorite games of last year and one that will be mentioned later on uh, in the show, Dying Light, is a much better parkour game than it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and we'll, 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 we'll spare that talk for later because that is up in a category, but um, actually two categories. But uh, yeah, uh, Barry, two games to knock off this list. Uh, get Abzu the hell off this list. Yeah, how did Abzu <laughs> get on here? Who did that? <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Really? That is shameful. That is shameful, sir. Yeah, because it is fine. It is good. But I I don't know what it was. Maybe it's an expectations issue, but I, I expected more from it than just, oh, it's like Journey, but underwater and not quite as good. E- yeah, I mean... The, I, game, I... the game looks good. The music is great in it. Um, but... I am probably never going to ever touch that game again. Whereas, even though I came late to the party on Journey, um, I it's a much better game, and my expectations had been considerably higher uh, from people that had been associated with that. Uh, okay, that's fair. I think I, that's fair. I but I I really love that game. To me, to me, the big disappointment. I mean, my my winner for this category is Inside. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I Which is told... funny because bo- both Abzu and Inside uh, were both listed by various members here on the Disappointment of the Year and Game of the Year. Uh, <laughs> it's just interesting, interesting. to me. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of another one I would cut, uh, I mentioned when we were talking about Telltale earlier, I did mention that it's par for the course, so I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. The only reason I say it's a disappointment is that the the actual story of the of the Batman story they've told is actually more original than you might expect. It is yeah. a fresher take. It is a yeah. a intriguing direction. I hope someone steals it and makes it into an animated film uh, that is better made than this game. So it it can it can go. But uh, I did want to make mention. I will that. say if Mighty Number no. Nine is not in here, I don't think Telltale Batman needs to be on here. Yeah, but my yeah Mighty Number no. Nine. It isn't in here because because it, it was it did disappoint me because i was playing it, but, yeah yeah, Dis- yeah disappoint disappointment thought. disappointment is too mild a word oh, for boy. what happened with my number nine um okay i'm going to knock two off here and i am going to knock off much to mark's chagrin pocken tournament okay uh, can, can i can i uh, quickly uh just say so i only played the demo of pocken tournament yeah but let's let's just two words here right tekken pokemon yeah, bring them together. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> Continue. And that should because of all the shade that's been thrown. That should work, and yet they somehow made a really fucking boring fighting game with Pikachu in a lucha mask. How do you do that? Uh- um, th- this is at least the top three for me. Um, I, they really yeah. fucked this one up. Yeah, Not to it... mention the fact that 
they had like a big event over here um for for Pokken tournament uh and basically like a bunch of people pre-registered for it and everything but you know like you have the whole pokemon is one of those game communities that just do the whole competitive play thing really well they have like vgc tournaments and like the people that that go to them like and do really well at them are like celebrities in their own right and you know like there's this whole community and it's amazing with the pokken tournament they made everyone pre-register then when everyone turned up on the day, they were like, uh, actually, no, um, we're just going to register the first people we saw by sight. Um, so people had to wait around for a while. And then it got to a certain point and they were like, no, no more because the bracket for the tournament's too complicated. So people that pre-registered and turned up were just turned away. Uh, and apparently, like, during the tournament, every now and then, they were just like, uh, yep, staff break. And they just took a big half-hour break and waited for it. So the whole thing went on hours longer than it needed to. And people that had shown up from, like, all over Europe to play weren't even allowed to play. So they really fucked their fan base over as well as make a disappointing game. Um, I, I, I'm still going I'm, I'm, I'm to understand why not, because it is, I, I do concede to all your boys that it is massively disappointing, but I think there are a couple of real strong things jumping out at me at this list that are definitely ahead of it. I, um, I, personally, I think Pokemon Tournament might have been in my top two but um, but I'll kind of leave it to like a general consensus. I mean, there's four of us here, and it sounds like the two of us that are are not on board. Barry, I want to get your thoughts on this. If you even saw this game at all, what was that? I just want to get your thoughts on Pokémon Tournament. If like if you saw the game at all, or saw anything about. Oh it. no no I I didn't touch it in any capacity. I heard it was disappointing. Uh, no, I really your your speech was about as much as I had heard because I actually don't know if I. I mean, the people I know who actually have Wii U's is so limited. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think the people you're talking to right now, Mary, might be the entirety of those. And I sold mine the other day. <laughs> yeah, and he sold his oh, the other really? day. Oh, that's, yeah. You that's quitter. Cool. I still have mine. I still have mine, Gathering Dust. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. I, I looked at the gamepad the other day, and like there was a legitimate entire screen's worth of dust. Like I, I started drawing stuff on the screen like an Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> Um, right, I'll, yeah, I, I, I'll take Pokemon because to be fair it did kind of come out of nowhere um, yeah but I, I'm still upset that they had Pikachu in a fucking Lucha mask and they managed to make it boring but yeah, don't you think the, the fact like, that it came least, out of nowhere there are a couple no the fact that it came out of nowhere and there wasn't an awful lot of PR surrounding it um, there... considering the giant fan bases for both of those franchises says to me that the developers had no faith what, in the game. What I will say whatsoever. to you, Jack, is yeah. there are two Wii U games left on this list, and the other one I was infinitely more disappointed by. So uh-huh. on, on that oh, yeah, basis, that's a top, yeah, top on three. On that basis, no, I'm, I'm going to no go with, with that as my, uh, my, my mentality for this. The other I one hear I'm... you. The, the other one I'm going to knock off here, and it's because of reasons we mentioned in the last category, that it was less a what the actual game was going to do thing and more a what the community had hyped the game up to be. Uh, I'm knocking No Man's Sky off. Oh. Because I'm not sure about that. I, I, I think it's too early to take that one off. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, well, I think that deserves the... to. Okay, I'll so tell then you there, what, there, tell you there, what. There, there are two other options, and I think both of them might make Barry mad. Uh, so uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I I I put trials on. I, I will happily take it off. I don't think okay. it's as dis- I don't think it's as disappointing as the other ones. 
But I remember watching that trailer and thinking, hey, Trials is cool. Blood Dragon Far Cry game was cool. Uh, that game sucks. It is a bad Trials game, and it's painfully unfunny. Um, yeah. That is a <laughs> massive, massive disappointment, but it, yeah. not, not, not in the stratosphere of these ones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, so I, I'll replace that then with Trials of the Blood Dragon, so that's gone. Right, so uh, we'll do one each next on this round uh, to get it down, and uh, I'll go to Jack. Uh, dangerous golf. Okay, so I will just quickly say about Dangerous Golf. So Dangerous Golf was made yeah. by the people behind Criterion, or they were the people behind Burnout. It's kind of amazing that, and Jack, we like Burnout. We think Burnout's a very good game. Um, yes. Yeah, they made a really, really bad golf game. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, this is my in my personal top two. I mean, it's I it's such a nothing game that I'm not that disappointed by it, but it's more of just, it's like a bad tech demo, you know? Yeah. Um, I just, I'm surprised that it exists, and, like, I don't know what's going on there, or, like, do they just not have the money to kind of make anything, but it's like, you know the fucking people that made Burnout, what the hell are you doing with this? Um, like, I wasn't even disappointed by it, I was just like, oh, oh, this, this sucks, well, okay, that's five minutes of my life, I'm not getting back, but I'll move on. Just I think its problem was it was a console game. Like that easily could have been uh, uh, a, like a, a mobile game. I think because as you said, there wasn't an awful lot to it. It just feels like, like something you'd find on uh, Itchio or um, Indicate or one of those. Just like yeah. just this weird tech thing that a, a yeah. third grade or third year university. It looks like be. it. It looks like the amount of a game you would design to sell it to investors to get you to go away and make the full version. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's 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 what it is. Um, it was profoundly disappointing to me because the idea of like a golf game with the burnout crash physics was like yes how much do you want me to pay for this and it turns out to be just absolute drivel um so now we're down to three and this is where things get a bit dicier all right why is inside on this list because i will say this i will say this I don't think it's as good as people are making out to be, but I no, but it's not as bad. I think as some people make it out to be either. But the... uh, but I'll tell you what, right? I mean, Mark said he okay. You don't think it's as good as some people make it out to be? Maybe I don't know, but the the gushing about this was just oh yeah, I... unbelievable. Yeah. Totally it was with you there, unbelievable. Right? Totally with you there. Yeah, I think I think the first fifteen minutes of the game and maybe the last ten minutes of the game, yeah, uh, are incredible. Uh, the first fifteen minutes because it's it's like okay, it's a this is starting off at such a pace and looking so good and sounding so good. This may well better be better than Limbo. So your your expectations are ratcheted up, and then there's the whole middle portion where it still looks and sounds good, but it's tedious and not challenging. And then the end is spectacular because it goes apeshit bananas. Uh, Barry, did you really come into this weird and grim? Did you come into uh, this after like everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is incredible"? Uh, yeah. So I I played it on PS4, so I had to okay. wait like the, the the five months. Or... Yeah. So actually, I... no, wasn't it some crazy like three months? But, it but, like but yeah. still. So I think myself and Mark plays a part in it. Yeah, I think myself and Mark played this because I got it as soon as it came out on Xbox One. And we had both played this before the hype really took off with the gushing over it. Um, yeah, and Dave likes I think, this game more than me. I'll just kind of preemptively yeah. saying that. 
But I, well, that that said, the more time I've had to ruminate on it over the months, the less I like it. Um, because the oh, more I've had chance. Well, no, the more I've had chance to gain perspective and realize that it really was just the first impression and last impression. Because sometimes if a game sticks a landing or has a very striking and unique landing uh, at the end, you tend to remember that more than the actual journey there sometimes. Um, And the more I thought about it, when we started getting towards the end of the year and I started keeping up and updating my tracking on what was going to be game of the year and what wasn't, um, I thought to myself that, like, I actually really didn't enjoy 60 to 70% of the game. Uh, It was just busy work. The the puzzles in it, I didn't find challenging at all. Um, No, it's the kind of thing where you you see what what the puzzle is and you just have to do it, you know, but there's not a lot of thought put into it. Busy work. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, what I enjoy about it the only things that I enjoyed consistently throughout the entire game were the sound design and the visual design of it which I can't uh, you can't fault really they're yep, yep. fucking magnificent um, and almost worth it the experience by itself but I think the the vast majority of that game is disappointing not the most disappointing thing I played this year but it, it's definitely worthy of being on this list because of like you said the how baffled uh, I am over people legitimately considering this one of the top games of the year um like i when i I kind of point out the awards that it's won it won best independent game at games critics awards it won best art direction best independent game at the game awards it won the golden cube and best desktop console game at the unity awards and it also won it also won giant bombs game of the year uh for best looking game it's a very it's a very nice looking game yeah, yeah. In terms of art and sound, it's brilliant. I do love the game technically. I th- I do think it is very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, um, it can't um, be disappointing if if it has something yeah, going for it. It is, we it want... is definitely disappointing, but well, not you say that, most disappointing. Didn't No Man's uh, No Man's Sky win like most hyped game from E3 from a couple of yeah. years ago? Or something. So yeah. awards, yeah, you take them and yeah. leave them. We, we move on so, to the final. So, two. To Sorry, be fair. I, I I was one of the people. Uh, insisting that Dave not cut No Man's Sky, so I will. I, I think I think you could definitely take Inside Off, and I think maybe we should have the No Man's Sky conversation now. Uh, okay. I um, I was with you guys totally on the stuff about the community. I one hundred percent agree that the the situation, the farcical circumstances surrounding No Man's Sky, one hundred percent agree that it is a joint effort of the developers and Sony and the community and Reddit. I totally agree on all that. I still think that game sucks. I think that game (laughs) sucks. It Uh, is bad. It's like, I I tried when the initial reports were pretty bad, and some people were trying to rationalize it as, oh, well, you know, just don't come into expecting anything other than sort of a relaxing sort of survival game. That game is so tedious to even play as a a stroll around a planet's surface because you have meters to maintain... And a tidy inventory space and garbage combat for, for the fighting, which is surprisingly frequent because those drones are everywhere. And they're, it's very frequent in my experience that they were hostile. I hated it. I hated it so much. <laughs> I um, really didn't like it at all. I, I'm devil's advocate here because I like in the end of it, I've put a fair few hours into that game. And to me, it's just it's all right um i i kind of um look at it as the video game equivalent almost to a lava lamp uh in that kind of like you were saying this kind of chill relaxing experience um 
I think again, much like with Inside, I really love the visual design and the sound in the game. The 65 Days of Static soundtrack is is pretty chill and cool. Um, and I think the 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 use of the the kind of the bold color palette in it is is really really nice. Um, I, I definitely think there are majorly disappointing things about the game. Um, we've talked about it on the podcast many times before the lack of uh, variety in alien species and all sorts of different things in it it certainly is disappointing still in spite of what i said trying to take it off the list early on uh to me it's not as disappointing um as the other thing left on this all list right, let, because let's talk it doesn't, about it doesn't piss on my childhood in any way let's let's talk <laughs> about star fox zero here's the thing right? yeah They've been fucking up Star Fox for oh, about when fifteen. Did, years? When did Lilac Wars come out? And that was ninety eight, <laughs> ninety nine. I think ninety eight. Yeah. So, so since then, pretty yeah. much. Uh, the 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 control scheme that they go for is baffling. It's made with yeah. It's one of those things, and Nintendo have had this issue between the Wii U and, and the Wii. Is like they have this problem for a, a problem that does should exist, where they have to brute force these control schemes in because well we have a touchpad we have to do some something with it other than it be a menu um no one can understand why the control scheme is the way it is with that game i remember when i saw the uh announcement trailer for it and i thought that looks like a bad ps2 game uh graphically and and texture wise uh and by the time it was released it didn't look any better um it is amazing that the and this could almost go in the Konami Corner Ineptitude Award for how they've managed to consistently fuck up Star Fox for so many years because like all right fair enough they made what the hell was the GameCube game uh, Dinosaur Adventure what was that one I called? don't I've, I've purged it in therapy they made so, like yeah. a third person platformer with Fox McCloud running around it's like all right well you know Nintendo they like to be a bit outside the box sometimes and you know they gave Mario a fucking uh, pump and a water pump and let him have it and that that worked Uh, and they got it wrong with fox mcleod um but it is amazing that it's as bad as it is the star fox assault is bad um i didn't even like the the star fox 64 remake i'm wondering on those smash brothers games i'm yeah i know right I'm wondering. I'm wondering if I have got someone on my side. Motherfuckers! I'm wondering if at this at this point, if it's actually that that the Star Fox series isn't actually that good, and I was young and stupid, and no, I played Lilac Wars this year again. Lilac Wars is great. I haven't played the original Star Fox in a long, long time, but uh, Star Fox 64, aka Lilac Wars, is still a lot of fun, um, especially for the time. Flight Simulator, your children. No Man's um, Sky wins this. I'm sorry. It with everything that's been said, I still when I watched you play it, I was looking at thinking this is not the game I thought it was going to be, and I have no desire to even touch it. Uh, and it's it's been that way ever since. And I don't think there's anything okay. they could do at this point that makes me think I'm going to even you know give it another moment's uh, notice. Uh, and okay, I think so- a lot of people are thinking the same thing. Okay, so your vote is No Man's Sky. My vote, my is, vote Sky. is Star Fox Zero because it hurt me in the childhood. Uh, Jack, your vote. Star Fox Zero is a worse is a, is a, is a worse experience. For Just want to point out we made a mistake by having even numbers on this show because this is going to fuck us up when it comes to the, <laughs> the yeah. Vote. No, no, but like hear me out. Star Fox 
Zero is the worst experience for me, just because the control scheme, yeah, it was absolutely hideous. Uh, as Mark pointed out, the graphics were subpar, and it's just kind of a shooter. And they, they tried to make it out to be kind of like they were reinventing the wheel when what they were doing was just going with like quite a standard video game trope. So it's more it's kind of more disappointing to me, but really, on a grand scale... Has any video game ever disappointed or, or or been perceived to disappoint everybody as much as No Man's Sky has seemed to unite an entire like fan base of of consoles and games worldwide of just saying that is just complete garbage compared to what it was meant well, to be again as we've not, uh, noted i do think that the community at large plays a large part yeah. in that problem yeah. but i do agree it does but the game itself also plays a part in that problem listening to you and barry who i have respect for and who i don't think are was jeff gertzman called is it piss piss babies or something <laughs> I, I, I I got it, dave ryan <laughs> yeah i'm i'm the piss baby in this well no like <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not uh, a No Man's Sky apologist by any stretch of the imagination. I have always said that I completely understand and uh, can accept every single criticism of the game. Uh, my thing is, I don't love the game. I'm just like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm right in the middle on it. Uh, it's not a game that... Uh, and it's it, the the um, it, it has improved somewhat with that uh, big update. But to me, it's like... I. I, I just don't care enough <laughs> about it to be angry about it or defend us. You know what I mean? I'm right in the middle. Um, so I'm happy with whatever wins this category, to be honest. Um, so your vote is with No Man's Sky as well, Jack, is it? It, it is, but Star Fox Zero is... If it's No Man's Sky is 1A and Star Fox Zero is 1B. Yeah, if this was uh, not the most disappointing game, but worst game, you would have gone with Star Fox. No, it would have, yeah. have been my, my, my number nine if it was worst game. <laughs> yeah, that's Come true. On. Uh, Barry, even just, to, just for the sake of clarity, even though I know where this is going, what is your vote? Yeah, No Man's Sky. Yeah, okay. So, most disappointing game of the year is No Man's Sky. Da-da-da! Okay, next one is for old game of the year, and that was best game that was either re-released on PS4 or uh, uh, on Xbox One backwards compatibility uh, or something to that effect in this year. Basically, a game that came out ages ago that was re-released this year. Um, And the nominees are Bioshock The Collection, Bully, COD 4 Remastered, Heavy Rain, Hitman Go, Red Dead Redemption, and South Park The Stick of Truth. Um, heavy rains off this list because fuck that game and fuck you for making me have to watch you play it. <laughs> that game, is, that game. Is, no, I would, I would accept that for Beyond Two Souls. I was going to put that on to, uh, to just to troll your mark, but uh, I like Heavy Rain. I think Heavy Rain is definitely a very marmite game where pe- uh, there are people who like it a lot and there are people who don't like it a lot. And even though the controls were um, frustrating the odd time, questionable. In it, I still- I still really enjoyed the the story of that game. I think it's uh, David Cage at his most tethered to at reality, his most which David is Cage. saying something because that is no his most David Cage is definitely beyond two souls. Uh, I suppose yeah. Like it, and uh, even Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy is considerably more mental. Like it is definitely the most even tempered of his games. It's still insane. I'm so um, happy I got I, through 2016 without you throwing Fahrenheit at me. I'm just gonna say that as well. Yeah, like I I really enjoy Heavy Rain for what it is. Um, I don't think it's a winner, and I'm happy for you to take this off, take that off the list. Please do. But that is um, my I, 
my way of getting over what you put me through to, to yeah. if i can get that off the list then my soul is cleansed yeah i i, I quite like that game but uh which is why i put it on the list so it needed to be mentioned but i i'm i know it's not going to win um uh i will go next i will knock um bully or canis canem eat it off this um mm. Yes, it is uh, a really good game. I think one of the most underrated of Rockstar's fair. But I think the re-released version, which I bought for PS4, it's also now out on, is it iOS it's out on now? I believe so. I think um, it's on both. Yeah, yeah. Both. I heard a story about that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, even though it's, uh, I, I still really like it, um, I think uh, Rockstar have gone back and put back out a few other games this year. Another thing that just would have made this a much longer discussion was that at the very, very start of 2016, they released uh, Vice City and um, San Andreas and GTA 3. But yeah. that was, it was after the start of the, it was after the start of the year, but uh, also before we recorded Game of the Year last year. So it's not really in our consideration. Um, yeah. But of the things that they re-released this year, Bully is the most unpolished, except for actually, no, Manhunt uh, might be more unpolished because uh, the control scheme to Manhunt was maddening to me when I went to revisit that for the podcast. It feels very much oh, like a PS2 game, God. doesn't it? But uh, Bully also very much feels like a PS2 game. Yeah. Uh, and I think of these here uh, that are remaining on this list, I think by some distance, the least amount of work went into polishing it um, for this gen. So I'm going to knock it off because I can see a couple of things here that either a lot of work went into or are substantially better games. So uh, I'm going to knock that off the list here. Uh, Barry. I don't know that I've really touched any of these this year. The only one I made mention of that I really like is Hitman Go. Uh, I love the Square Enix Go games. Uh, the PlayStation versions of them are good. They're, you know, they're they're. they're uh, I'm not a Vita owner, so I can't speak to that. I love it on Vita. I, I spent about half of my flight to San Francisco this summer uh, playing it. See, I put it on here, really, but... really perfect for Vita. I don't know whether to classify this as a re-release or whether it's just a straight-up port. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 think it, I think it's poor. I would consider it almost a port, and that yeah. why that that would have been my other candidate to knock off straight away. Yeah, I, I yeah. If you, wanna, if you want to do that, it's, it's yeah. Fair. It's it's so recent. Like the after that, um, the, but Hitman Go is one, really really good. It is. It's really really good. But after that, I think the the most recent games on the list here. There's two of them that came out in 2013, and then after that, it's back a bit further. So um, uh, yeah, knock yeah. that off. Um, that one off if you want. That was uh, the one. You... Yeah. Other other than that, I mean, I don't. I I haven't. Don't think I've touched any of these. Uh, I I wanted to get the the remaster of Stick of Truth because I never finished that on PS3, but I never got around to it. So... We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jack, is there anything here that you want to knock off, or do you want to uh, defer? No, I will take Call of Duty Four remastered off. Yeah. Um, mainly because of two things. Number the one, the fact being one of them, I hope the pr- yeah, the yeah. principle yeah. of just the fact that you had to get it with like a deluxe pre-ordered yeah. souped up thing at first, tethering it, Come- tethering it to a game that they were nervous about uh, selling uh, yeah. by itself, and it still managed to disappoint in terms of sales figures, sales figures, which is quite it, incredible. Exactly, and then the fact that they sort of very on the D-low about, what, three or four weeks ago now, just were like, um, yeah, so microtransactions are in the game. You can yeah. buy supply drops and stuff. Um, fuck that. 
Yeah. Uh, that one is thing... really not in the spirit of a re-release of, of a classic game, in my opinion. One thing, one thing I will say about it, though, and I will, I, I've knocked it off here, the list. One thing I will say, though, is that at least rather than just uh, not really do any work to it and throw it out the same way to get the microtransactions in and to get the money, they did put a bit of work into making it look more like uh, a relatively recent game. Uh, it does look very nice, uh, but yeah, because of the skeevy shit that was around it with making you buy a much worse game and uh, forcing in microtransactions where there didn't need to be, uh, yeah, we'll knock this off the list, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And if any of the three that are left win, I am more than happy with that. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. So I've played two I... of these, uh, the ported versions, and one of yeah. them I've played the original, but not the port. Now, I have I have played all three original. I have played all three ports and uh, all but one of the original. Now, a quick question for you then, Dave. With South Park, uh, the censored scenes are they still censored, or are they the kind of original cut versions? Oh, it's censored because it's a European thing. Right, okay. I didn't know if, for whatever reason they might have changed Yeah, that. it's still got the European flag and then the right, yeah, lengthy yeah, yeah. descriptions yeah. of what's taking place, which In some ways I, would argue, uh, yeah. Yeah, I would argue is funnier. Yeah. Now, depending on how we want to view this uh, category in the spirit of things, um, I can't imagine that they did a lot to South Park Stick of Truth because there's not really a lot uh, to do to it. Yeah, there's nothing you need to do to that game. It is. It was a very good game. It's still a very good game. Um, I, but because I didn't play the original, um, I can't tell you if they did change anything. Yeah. Just that. Uh, I just based on how the game is animated and stuff like that. It. I can't imagine there that it would have changed in any real no, way at no, all. Like yeah. it might look. The images might look slightly sharper. Uh, the colors might pop a little more. Uh, but it's real kind of uh, you're getting real into the weeds trying to figure out what they changed with it. So what I will do then is I'll go between the two that I have played, and I will suggest knocking off Bioshock the Collection. Uh, so oh, here, he is. here he is. It's it's a nice looking port. Uh, you know, some of the textures have been uh, spruced up, um, and it's you know it's it's a very healthy collection because it comes with all the DLC. Everything's there. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I... I only got about halfway through Bioshock 1, and then I looked a little bit at Bioshock Infinite before I traded it in, and I'm just going to go on the fact that I think Red Dead's a better game, and the fact that, you know, Red Dead on your Xbox One, you could throw your Xbox 360 out now, good times. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to go between the two that I played, and I'd rather have Red Dead win this. Um... Yeah, so me talking about this, and I'll, I'll throw to, to to Barry and Jack here. Um, my personal biases, obviously, because Bioshock is one of my favorite video game franchises, would be to try and pull for Bioshock here. Um, but the things I will say about it, it's an excellent uh, kind of value for money sort of collection because you're getting two really great games and one kind of game that certainly can be said to exist um, in Bioshock Two, but. Uh, that uh, that even that the um has the Minerva's Den DLC, which is uh, considered by most considerably better than the actual main game of Bioshock Two. Um, but the, they've done some nice work to the original Bioshock. It's it's spruced up a bit. 
um it it still feels good it still feels atmospheric as hell there are some times when you cross generations with a port or a a, a re-release and you completely fuck it especially when it's uh, related to atmosphere the the ps3 collection of silent hill 2 and 3 is the notable uh, example of that where they absolutely fucked it getting rid of the fog and all that sort of shit Uh, and silent hill 2 might be my favorite game of all time so i'm not going to reopen that wound that still hasn't healed on me yet but um, they've done some nice work and preserved the feel of Bioshock 1. Um, and the thing that sort of not disqualifies it, but puts it behind Red Dead here is that um, the Bioshock Infinite, which is my, which was, and I know Barry would slap me for this if I was in the same room as him, uh, is my favorite game of last generation. Um, it's it, Last of Us is a close second. but um, I, I, like, I really like Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock Infinite is one of my favorite games. Um, it it's really fantastic. is. I fucking love that game so much. I have the platinum on it because I'm insane, and I'm going to go for the platinum on the PS4 version this year because I'm insane. Um, Here's the thing: Bioshock has the moment and, you come into Rapture but, for the first time, but it doesn't have when you go to Mexico for the first time. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, this is the thing. Um, that is kind of disqualifying for me is that you didn't really need to do anything to in much this the argument that we had with south park and we have the argument that you didn't really need to do much to stick a truth for ps4 you didn't really need to do that much to bioshock infinite for ps4 because that game looked great in 2013 that game still looks great now on ps3 um things are slightly sharper um it it looks roughly as good as maybe the P- pc version did in 2013 uh before any patches came in or anything like that but it's not really you didn't really need to do anything about with that except make it playable on ps4 i'd probably say that there was actually more work done to that than red dead um i, th- I do think that oh, some of the areas and some of the textures have been uh worked on uh because even uh on the ps3 there are certain games where the textures are a little bit grainy in places or stretched out um but mm-hmm. i just uh, it's just it's red dead man come on it's red dead you know yeah. what you know what you can't do with red dead is play it on the pc at all this is, yes, that is this true. This is true. <laughs> so this this remaster is bringing it back in to the modern age in a way that 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 yeah. Bioshock already kind of was. Yeah, Bioshock was already here. You were able to play it somewhere, um, but Red Dead was a real kind of um, like you said. It's the reason to throw out the 360. It's uh, it, it wasn't available on PC this whole time, looking considerably better than it did on consoles. And I would say it looks, it, it has been polished. Uh, for xbox one it does look sharper i don't think um if i put the xbox 360 in with red dead redemption and it was stretched out to the size of my tv screen it would look half as good as it does on the xbox one version so i'm I'm quite happy for that to, to win this category if you guys are yep yeah okay so yes old game of the year aka best re-release goes to red dead redemption Okay, right. Starting to get into some serious shit right here. And again, this is going to be another I will run around the table and we will eliminate two at a time here. And this is for moment of the year. The nominees are Bottom of the Well, Stardew Valley. Oh, by the way, for moment of the year, there will be spoilers. Bottom of the Well, Stardew Valley. The reveal of Death Stranding, the first level of Doom 2016, elusive target successes in Hitman, finishing an area in The Witness, great escapes in Hitman, the Groovatron gun in Ratchet and Clank, 
heartbreaking opening to Firewatch, Madagascar in Uncharted 4, the motorcycle chase in Uncharted 4, the opening to Inside, pretty much every single thing that happens in Superhot, proposing in Stardew Valley, the heist slash betrayal in Mafia 3, and the announcement of The Last of Us Part 2. This is going to be a tough one. I am going to. This is this is going to be one of the most contentious categories. I imagine there there may right, be some bloodshed in this. Has, one. has Barry that's been start, first I'm, yet? Have, have Barry go first. I'm, exactly what I'm going to do yep. here. Cool. Okay. Uh, who's, who's steering this ship, Robinson? Just, I very well knew. I have it written down here in front hey, of me. We, Barry. we co-host this show, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see here. Let me see. This is tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so as, as someone who missed out on Stardew, someone sell me on the bottom of the well. Okay, okay well, uh, I haven't gotten this far in, in, in the game yet, but myself and Mark will probably be the two people uh, talking about Stardew Valley the most on this show. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll say this. Out of the two Stardew moments here, um, this is the lesser of the two, but um, think of it as uh, kind of like finishing a level or a boss in Dark Souls, a very kind of Herculean task, and it's a... Uh, oh. Man, I should have put me beating a Dark Souls boss <laughs> on this. <laughs> uh, moment of the year, fucking, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's a, a Herculean task, and it's a very satisfying thing, because it, it takes a while to get done, um, and it kind of opens up a whole bunch of other things that you can do, um, and also because you, you're never quite sure how far it goes on for. It just gets uh, lower and lower, and the bosses get tougher, and it it's... Like, for what is a farming simulator game, there's this one section of the game that is basically a roguelike, like, spelunky, Binding yeah. of Isaac-esque. Um, and oh. it's completely its own standalone thing. Out of the two Stardew moments, it's the one I wouldn't go for, so I'm happy to see it go if, if Barry wants to get rid of it. But uh, okay. it's, a, yeah. it's a very satisfying moment. Yeah, I love the mine in uh, in Stardew Valley. Um, it is uh, incredibly challenging, especially because, you know, uh, for those of you who aren't know, anytime you die down in the mine, um, you lose a bunch of your shit that you've gotten. Um, it only saves, it's every five levels, Mark, isn't it? Yes. Where it saves yep. your progress. Uh, so you have to advance five levels uh, every time you go in there to advance, uh, to be able to resume when you come back, should I say. Stardew Valley was doing um, Let It Die before Let It Die. And just yeah, that. and <laughs> if... If you die in the mines in Stardew Valley, it will erase like the better part of a dozen levels that you will then have to go through again. And you have uh, to you have to be back in bed by uh, midnight, so you kind of have to get well, as no, much two o'clock, two a.m. Well, yeah, but by midnight you start to tie it, tie it down, and you kind of have to start making your way back. And uh... I, I figure, I I figure, uh, I I have a timed, and I don't get it right every single time. You need to leave the well by eleven ten p.m. <laughs> Uh, to make it back without hurting your progress uh, because if you pass if you pass out at 2 a.m you will automatically pass out unconscious and you'll be robbed in your sleep uh, oh, no. and you will start off with less energy the following day yeah and it's... if you re- if you return to bed between 1 and 2 a.m you will not lose any progress but you will start off with less energy the following day it's, it's so you really should be in bed by 1 a.m but you're allowed to go to 2 a.m before it really punishes you. it's it's surprisingly more tense than you do think going in but by the yeah. end of it and, you're like fucking come on and for about three quarters of your first year in that game you will not have the time to even enter that mine most of the time all the resources uh, there is there is so much to do where you need to basically make your farm self-sufficient or you need to wait until winter before you have enough time in your day um God, what a game. Anyway, yeah, let, let's get rid of that off the list. Um, second, Jack, what would you knock off here? 
I really, uh, there. Are, I mean, I don't have enough knowledge about a lot of the moments on here to be a fair judge, so I'm just going to sit this one out, I think, and listen okay. to you guys. All right, that's fine. Uh, I'll go next, because uh, I don't think Mark has gone last yet. Um, I am going to knock off, and this is going to hurt Mark's heart, uh, I'm going to knock the Groovatron gun off. Because the Groovatron gun, uh, or as I like to call it, the disco launcher, is fantastic. Being able to shoot a disco at people in a video game is something I can very much get on board with. But my argument to that would be, looking at this list, I do not think that is genuinely the greatest no, of moment in video games this year. Not in the But no. let me tell you, but right? It, it's definitely worth mentioning. I'm glad you put it on the list, Mark, because until you, I saw that you had written it on the list, I had forgotten that was a thing, and it made me giggle all over again seeing it. Like that video I put up a while ago of that sheep dancing to its heart's content and then exploding. <laughs> oh, my word. It, the, the thing, and it's one of those kind of small attention to details that every enemy in the game... Um, will react to the Groovatron oh. and will dance, but they all have a different dance. Actually, yeah. So whether it's like a small little imp or it's this giant jellyfish of destruction um, or doing its own kind of little shimmy, uh, it's it's a really charming, funny moment. And it's also tactically very handy because if you have a, a large uh, area and you have a whole bunch of enemies in, in there, you can all get them dancing at the same time and then just start kind of wiping them out one by one. Uh, so yeah. tactically, I, it's as handy as funky as it is. Yeah, I, I actually genuinely forgot. I, I'm after fucking this royally because I forgot we're doing two at a time in this one. So I'm going to shoot back to Barry to get his second one to knock off this list, and then I'll do my second one. Oh, that's tough because I was, I was going to say the Groovatron gun as well because I, I love Ratchet and I thought that's a great gun, but I thought obviously it doesn't hang. And now that that's gone, we're straight down. Just oh, these, this is the toughest. Yeah, every um, single, every single, I think almost every single one of the remaining ones here, it, it, I'm not, I wouldn't be mad about winning. <laughs> you know? Oh, um, God. Okay. Just because I tell you what, I, I, I was not blown away by the Death Stranding reveal. Oh, <sighs> hello. Oh, here he is. So, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Let me, let me, let me. Dip- First of all, I'm not a big. I'll just Kojima get my guy. knuckle dusters on while he's saying this. <laughs> I'm not a big. I'm not a big Kojima guy in general. His hey, his hey, brand of weird. I'm not a Kojima really... guy, and even I was like, well, oh. I thought it was fucking cool that he was able to resurrect that project in some form. Yeah. Uh, Post Konami, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool that he was back. I thought that was neat. Yeah. The trailer just didn't do much for me, and I'll tell you what, this isn't so much to do with the reveal, but. More so the subsequent, like, six months. I'm kind of bummed out. I, I was hoping he was going to make, like, a Silent Hill clone. Yeah. Uh, it looks kind of like he's making a Metal Gear game, which kind of yeah. bums me out, to be honest. I, I, I thought he was just going to troll Konami. He's going to make Quiet Mountain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and it looks like he's actually, this game is going to be some sort of hi- hybrid between, like, largely Metal Gear, but definitely some creepy Silent Hill elements, starring pretty much the cast of Silent Hills. Look, look let's be but, fair, uh, it looks I anime think, as fuck. Yeah, I think this, um, and I, w- I will agree, because I put this up, and I, I will knock it off, because I don't think it was the no. moment of the year. I don't even think it was the most... Um, I don't even think of the two game reveals on this list, I don't think it was the most universally praised and uh, uh, surprising. Uh, because yeah, I think I mean, when you think Hideo Kojima, new game, uh, even though that whole thing was bizarre, 
I don't think it's out of character, but when the other reveal came pretty much out of nowhere, um, yeah. people lost their reason. Uh, so I, mean, I, I, but I, I, I think, I, go on, yes, sorry. Go on. No, let uh, you go. I, I think the whole, the whole spectacle of having Kojima come out on the laser stairs <laughs> and just going, hello, everyone, I'm back. And everyone goes, hey. oh, I forgot about that. That was great. And, yeah, the music, uh, the the song by Low Roar, which I have been playing on Spotify nonstop all year because I'm that kind of freaky Kojima fangirl, um, I think was excellent. I think the trailer was pulled off really well as kind of an interesting uh, look at the, the kind of mood and the concept of the game. Um, and I think that the subsequent trailer at PSX was great as well. Um, it was one of my personal favorite moments of the year because I flipped my wig. It was the only point at which... During the E3 press conference, I freaked out so hard that it was finally enough noise to wake Mark up, who had fallen asleep long before the start of that press conference. Um, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, but I, I am happy to discount that. Uh, can, I, from- can I just say this is the only one I had real emotional investment in? I know. List. Yeah, I, buddy, you and me, you and me both. You and me both. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of a personal thing. Uh, and everybody did freak out about it. I will give them that. But there are a couple there are a couple more moments here that I would be happy to see win this award. And like I said, none of these, uh, all of these uh, remaining ones on this list, including the Death Stranding reveal, are ones that could easily, in any other year, have been the moment of the year. They're all We have a lot of great moments this year. Now, um, I'm going to do my second one. Um, and then I've got to, uh, I will... Uh, I will let uh, someone else knock one off, then take the pressure off me, especially because I have to return a phone call, uh, helpfully, okay. in the middle of this. Uh, but uh, the one I'm going to knock off here is... Um... <sighs> okay. You so started the like, sentence. This, yeah, yeah. This is really tough, because all of these, like I said, are really great moments. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at... There are a couple of moments from one game here, and I think of these two moments, as great as this moment is... I still prefer the other one. And the one I'm going to knock off is the Madagascar part of Uncharted Son of a bitch, that was my pick. Yeah, the opening, like, when it's kind of the the kind of the the surroundings and the kind of driving around in the Jeep in Madagascar, the early bits of driving around between all those towers in Madagascar, I'm going to knock that off because it's a great moment. And I think uh, in a game that is already strikingly beautiful and almost creepily photorealistic uh, at points... It is possibly the most visually striking among those, and that is a high fucking bar, gentlemen. See, I was only going to pick it because it's a, it's an incredible looking moment, but I got stuck for 15 minutes trying to find how the fuck to get across the bridge, and yeah, that kind of I, it I watched me. that. I watched that, and it was fucking hysterically funny. Check that out on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Mark gets genuinely fucked off after a while. It's brilliant. Uh, but uh, I think, uh, compared to the other moments, which we'll talk about later in the list, I'm sure... Um, it is the um, the other one is possibly the greatest set piece in a franchise that is pretty much hung up on set pieces. Um, yeah. So I would find it hard to uh, eliminate the other one before this one. So I'm going to eliminate that. Uh, and what I'll do here tough. is it's so tough, man. It's so tough. Uh, who's next here? It's you, uh, Marcus. Me. Just... Yep. For two. So okay. what I'll do is I'll I'll leave you to do two. Uh, I will be back in about uh, a minute. Okay, well, to be fair, uh, I can I'll ask Barry this question that I was going to ask anyway, so no okay, problem. Okay, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop off now for a second. All right. So, uh, my apologies, Jensen. Barry, talk to me about the heist slash betrayal in Mafia 3. 
So uh, basically, that actually kind of it's kind of a long moment. It basically accounts for like the first ninety minutes, two hours of the game. They go they go hard on the setup uh, of the story in, in Mafia Three, and basically there's a little bit of flash forward and back. It's all about uh, your character, uh, you know, coming back from the war, getting into some trouble. And you're being introduced to the characters, and all along there's these little cuts where you're going to the uh, a, a a heist of a uh, I think it's a muddy it's a mint I think it is or something like that or a uh, you know some kind of something like that. Uh, and basically, as as you might expect, it results in uh, uh, the mob betraying your character, the Italians betraying the black uh, mob. Uh, they shoot them all, supposedly killing them all, except for your character, burn down their bar. It's a great moment. Mafia Three is stylish as fuck. Uh, great soundtrack. The the animation on the characters' faces is fantastic. It's not quite Uncharted levels, but it's pretty damn good. Voice acting is fantastic. It's a great, great moment. I don't. It probably doesn't hang on the list. Um, is it? Is it really one of those kind of? It sets the tone for what the game is. Really, kind of gives you some kind of character building and, and gives you investment for what you you want to do for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Because also, also mixed in there is you have the the kind of the documentary cutscenes that are the framing device of the of the story. Uh, yeah, they told really me about cool. them. Told me, told, he's told me they're really, really cool. I'm they are this. really fantastic. And they, I mean, and they kind of make it easier to straight up frame what the theme of the game is and what the main, the main character is like. Like they just kind of tell you what it is, which is kind of easy. Uh, is, this, yeah, uh, is, yeah. this, is this Mafia Tree, gentlemen? Is it? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the heist slash betrayal and the, yeah. the whole the whole first two hours of that game I actually I actually think the first two hours is probably the highlight of the whole thing because yeah, they I, uh... I I think that heist betrayal section is the best directed segment of a video game all year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of, uh, we've talked on the show before about the the documentary narrative, which you were just talking about as I as I sat in here, the kind of way the story is framed, uh, which is, it, it did it strike you, Barry, as one of those things you were shocked that you hadn't seen in a big AAA game before? This idea of uh, having the kind of the vox pop documentary shots uh, set way after the events, like it's a genius way to to hang uh, a story that I haven't yeah, really seen before. Um, and, and, and it's something that's been done in film and TV and stuff, but I, I couldn't recall a game doing it. Uh, and that is, that is very interesting to out. And the, the acting is great. And the, the yeah. facial the animation is, yeah. is, is really, really superb. So and it's, I, it's, I, I think as well that the choice of soundtrack in this segment as well, the, the game has a boss soundtrack that we'll be talking about later on. But I think here it is some of its kind of, its real strongest moments. The the betrayal moment being set to paint it black by the stones is incredible. And the yep. kind of montage of Lincoln Clay's recovery from being fucking shot in the head, um, being set to Bad Moon Rising. Oh, yeah. It's it's just it, it proper mind-blowingly good with the narrative jumping back and forwards throughout time and keeping it all moving and keeping it all clear as well. It, it, at no point during that whole segment are you confused as to what's going on. And by the end of it, you know all the major players in the game. Um, and I think maybe then the rest of the game almost suffers from that because it's like, oh, well, now we've got all the character work done in the opening 90 minutes to two hours so a lot of the middle part of that game is really just barren because you don't have to do character or plot development because it's all set up 
So yeah, absolutely. Does it belong on this list? Does it belong uh, it def- to win? Uh, it definitely belongs on the list somewhere. Um, uh, I think it could. I think it could go. Yeah, it uh, can go. Um, okay, that's it. I think if we. I think if we were doing an ordered list here where we had a top five, I'd fight for it harder. Um, yeah, but this but would I also don't, go on for I, ten hours. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm happy to see it go here. Okay. Uh, now, even easy. even as someone even as someone who doesn't really care for inside, didn't play Stardew, right, and didn't play the in. Witness. Despite despite all those things, I can still recognize that they they got a place and uh you know Mafia Three it's just it's not a home run of a game that may be its best moment but I I don't know if it if it sticks around so we can we can bid farewell yeah. to that one okay yeah uh, and for my second one now this is going to be a controversial one here but when I'm thinking about moment of the year I want to think about holding the controller in my hand and something happens in the screen that just makes me like put the controller down for a second or gives me a just this big dumb grin on my face or makes me want to go up to Dave and say Dave have you seen it oh my god for those reasons alone and also a, a, a lack of an emotional investment with the series I want oh to god take... someone hold Barry back someone hold Barry back I know where this is going <laughs> I want to take the last of us part two trailer off <laughs> You're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> Let me oh, tell you why this oh, trailer. Let me tell bit. you why this is so good. Okay, they hit you. They hit you with the left hook early with Uncharted Four at the beginning of the show. So you think Naughty Dogs packed their bags? They've gone home, right? You think they're done, right? Then, then what's his face? Leighton's out there going, "Oh, you know, we have one little thing here before we go." And they they start that video, and you're looking, and you straight away you see the, the the sheer image quality of what you're looking at. You're like, all right, this this could well be Naughty Dog doing something else. What's great as well about that moment is before it pans out, and there's you see the Firefly logo on the stop sign. There's a moment where everybody goes, "Oh, it's fucking days gone, isn't it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the, there's so, the... so there's kind of there's the tentative. Could it be? But there's also the the part of your brain that's going, no, we're not that lucky. There's no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so and, and then the actual trailer. That's like it's like the best trailer in forever. Like it's such a cool trailer with a great performance and and it looks. The, all I'm saying is the and... Overwatch porn parody trailer was up there. <laughs> See, uh, the thing about the thing about yeah. this, uh, the thing about this, Mark, and Mark has kind of almost recused himself by saying that before he said the name of the game is that Mark doesn't have the emotional attachment to Last of Us for this to have had the effect on him it had on a lot of other people. Um, it, oh. I, I go along with from start to finish of this reveal, this was an absolutely fucking just incredible oh, look, look. Um, it was an incredible I, trailer but again because I, I pre-emphasize by saying that when i think about the moment of the year i'm thinking of something that i'm in control of that i'm like the game is p- providing me while i'm playing in game and there's a couple of moments that really stick yeah. out for me this year i totally get that as a, as a trailer uh it looks incredible it was very effective i think it was a very good trailer um I just from from where I'm looking at this list and looking at this award, uh, I'm I'm happy to take it off. Not because it was a bad trailer or because of my personal feelings towards it, but just because the way that I'm looking at this award, I'm looking at a couple of the other uh, nominations mm-hmm. as more viable or more acceptable of winning this also, award. Uh, 
I think before uh, Barry gives his final word on whether he's willing to let this go or not, um, I, uh, I I think uh, someone, I can't remember, I think it might be an easy ally, someone who was w- watching this press conference and talking about it said, like, how much of a mic drop would it have been if it just did that bit where the camera pans out, pans out, pans out, Firefly symbol, Naughty Dog logo, and that's it. Yeah. That would have been. That would it have been would have been fucking it. Like everything that followed with uh, the song, the reveal of Ellie, because it's unclear uh, at first that it is her, and then the figure walking into the room that eventually reveals itself to be Joel. That's all incredible, and the it genuinely hair standing on end uh, for both the song and the uh, "I'm going to kill every last one of them" is fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of because this game isn't going to come out for so long i kind of sneakily would have preferred if it ended at that naughty dog logo and then at maybe e3 next year they showed this full trailer here um, well, based, based on emotional reaction it's already the game of 2020 right? so, <laughs> so it, it has that award so if it has to go here i think that i think that's fair okay it's very mature of you barry I, I respect hey, respect you but I'm not going to yeah. buy Stardew Valley now. <laughs> Jack, so I've got Jack on board. I'm fine with that. I'm just going to knock it back because the one thing that that always really disappointed me about The Last of Us is the fact that Ellie is obviously Ellen Page and it isn't Ellen Page playing her. <laughs> yeah. She like, was in She was she in was a, a classic game of her own later that year. Please, yeah, go. Beyond Two Souls. <laughs> right, so Beyond Two Souls comes out. fucking game up. <laughs> stinks up the joint that game oh it's a beautiful shit show okay right anyway moving on um it's is it me next or is it barry it's barry barry you're two um cool i don't know if this would based on the uh the adjective here used to describe this moment i feel like someone has investment in it but i don't, I don't know i didn't like the opening to firewatch as much as everyone did <sighs> right okay I, I don't think this was i put this on I don't think this was my favorite moment of the year, but I think um, when I saw all the hype from this game and not just people that work for Giant Bomb constantly asking what is Firewatch, I just mean the the general hype around this game and everything I saw about it and people writing about um, how it was the, um, you know, all about the banter between your man from um, Mad Men and the the woman who plays Delilah. I was not expecting to sit down and actually be talking about kind of um, deferred grief for a dying spouse and how it like it. it's almost because it's all delivered with this somber piano music and text on the screen. And it was almost like, I don't know if anybody here made the comparison in their head if they played through or watched this moment, um, but it was almost like the video game equivalent of the first 10 minutes of Up because it takes you through the entire romance like rather than just starting out with him in the park and just going oh he has this wife back home that is uh jack i don't know how how much of firewatch you know so basically the main character in the game has he's a park ranger uh in this park and he communicates with this woman called delilah and that's pretty much the the main kind of relationship in the game but what is alluded to in the opening of the game and some dialogue options in it is that he has basically run away from his real life problems which are the early onset Alzheimer's of his wife 
um, and you go through in kind of heartbreaking detail her slow descent into herself and her mind mm-hmm. falling apart in the opening five or six minutes and it like it's genuinely fucking harrowing it's unexpected uh, it's, it's not my favorite moment of the year biggest moment of the year but it is it is certainly a moment i'm fine to let this pass off the list but uh, it is the most it's one of the most poignant moments of the year maybe is the best way to put it um it's fucking i we were proper myself brian and mark were playing this it was one of the first games we ever live streamed uh on our youtube channel and we were all kind of having some, you know, bantery jokes uh, at the start. And when this started, and you can hear me, if you watch back our video, you can hear me because I'm the one that was playing it. So I'm paying the most attention going, oh, fuck. And the two lads are kind of still talking to each other. And then they slowly figure out what's going on. And everything gets real quiet because we're all going, no, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> As it's happening, um, it's fucking heartbreaking. It's harrowing. Um, it's one of the things that uh, I always want video games to do, which is to tackle real life shit like this um, I, 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 in the way it can as an art form. Uh, it's great. It's not moment of the year. I'm happy to see this go, but it was definitely worth mentioning. Uh, Barry, your other one. Oh, damn. I gotta go too. Okay. Jesus, this is getting tough. Uh, I thought that was good. I thought that was all fair points for Firewatch, by the way. I did. I did enjoy that game. Uh, I think maybe I should make a decision here, or we should all make a decision perhaps, uh, on picking one of the Hitman moments here. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. Uh, um, when you say I, Great Escapes, is that just generally finishing a mission, or? Yeah, oh, well, I think, uh, so, um, to, yeah, firstly, to define Great Escapes, I mean that, uh, kind of like when you can't believe you've gotten away with something. Uh, yeah. That you have sort of ambled through a map. Uh, the one that particularly uh, strikes home with myself and Mark is when we live streamed uh, Marrakesh and yeah. finally beat that mission. Because I think that is the one that is the sticking point in terms of difficulty with a lot of people who play that game. Um, it is quite a, a nuisance, that map at times. And it's my least favorite of the ones I've played. I mean, I was uh, particularly I still... impressed with myself when I managed to take out two guards and your woman from Paris in the space of about three seconds with uh, a screwdriver, a letter opener, and yeah. I can't remember what the other thing is, and managed to get away with it as well. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, a hammer. A hammer, it? that's it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually, the, the first time uh, you got through... Uh, Sapienza. Sapienza, and, like, managed to get to, to the, the plane. Um, yeah. That was one of the first it- times where it really clocked me, like, yeah, this is yeah. this is something special. One of the cool moments, like, and the only reason um, I would put Great Escapes ahead of Elusive Target Success is because I think Great Escapes are more common moments to a lot of people who play this game than Elusive Targets. Although I imagine Elusive Target Success, as Barry will probably mention to us here, would be an infinitely more satisfying uh, moment because it is so rare to actually succeed at those. Uh, But the moment where you've actually bumped off the last target and you're sprinting towards the plane or whatever and you're like, have I gotten away with it? Have I gotten away with it? Have I gotten away with it? Yeah, like when we got to the plane for the first time in Sapienza or when uh, we got to the Jeep in Marrakesh having having just posed as a prisoner, uh, murdered the general, stuffed him in a cupboard and fucking sprinted out the door. Um, I I think the thing with the elusive target success, success is that it's uh, a kind of culmination of everything that you've learned about 
that particular map and have, having played yeah. it multiple times to, to use really... the to use the language of the game mastery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I can see a kind of case. To be fair, like Great Escapes in Hitman, in a way that you can apply that to a, the elusive targets, because I'd imagine there's a few times where that situation is going to occur in elusive target and that tension is going to be amplified tenfold because it is an elusive yeah. target yeah well what yeah, i will do is... there is go on I- i'm happy to defer to barry here because uh i have only tried elusive targets once because i am generally in not in a position to play hitman when the elusive targets go live and then i forget about them a lot uh, i think barry has played more hitman than i um, by probably some distance and you've definitely t- tussled with the elusive targets more than me so whichever one you want to bump off this list barry i'll back you to the hilt i i i would i kind of want to keep the elusive target and uh okay well you mentioned there about about um great escapes being a factor in the elusive target i mean that's definitely the case because uh because of the limitations of the elusive target uh it tends to be a lot scrappier and there's a lot less fitness and so there is a lot of just Shooting a guy when you get a chance, and then sprint, sprinting as fast as you can away from barrages of of um, uh, of gunfire. So that's that's a thing too. But also, I mean, when you when you nail an elusive target, it is the sweetest thing. And 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 I've kind of gone from I've had a lot of failures, and then I got a couple of lucky ones where I was just popping guys with with you know a silenced weapon from far away and and, and sprinting to the exit. But uh, when you if you pull off like an environmental kill on an elusive target, it is like you feel like you are the god tier assassin. <laughs> I like one of the recent ones in Paris. I was actually able to get him with a chandelier, uh, with no non-target casualties, uh, and that was that was maybe my favorite thing I've done all year in a game because I okay. managed to escape so- in one piece. So I, I think that stays and great escape goes. I, I think. Okay, we'll definitely keep that then. Um, I'm next, am I, or is it Mark? Uh, I believe it's you. Okay. Uh, the one I'm going to um, discount here, <clears throat> and this is a great moment, like all these are on the list, but what I will say is the one thing I can detract from this moment is that whereas every single other moment that remains here is either a fantastic culmination of a lot of work and effort that feels very satisfying to pull off as kind of a, a punctuation on a job well done, or it sets the scene for great stuff that's to follow, this thing that I'm going to knock off here um, is a great moment, but it's downhill from there. And that's the opening to Inside, which is great. I'm not taking anything away from it. But then, it, like I said, it goes on to disappoint for a considerable time afterwards. Um, whereas everything else here um, either continues momentum or is a great exclamation point to something that was uh, a really good build up. It's it's a really good opening. It's a yeah. real tense, uh, proper sets the tone for what this game is. Uh, like when the dogs are chasing you, and it happens a couple of times where you just just jump off the cliff at the moment when the dogs yeah. are about to grab you, um, and like the the moment where the the guards are, are looking at you and they're trying to uh, spot the lights on you. Uh, there's some really good stuff there, and really sets a tone and an atmosphere. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm fine with it coming off, uh, but I do think it's, it's yeah. very, very effective. Yeah. Um, right, Mark. Um, I'm going to take it off so Barry doesn't get the satisfaction, uh, proposing in Stardew Valley. <laughs> now, 
Yeah, uh, this is the one I was thinking of, uh, of this and Hitman in the um, because I've played this game now uh, 30 odd hours. I understand the unbelievable amount of effort that goes to getting to that point and how sweet a payoff it must be. Now, um, like, because the thing but is, it's is not well, exactly action packed. No, no, no. But the thing is, is that every NPC in Stardew Valley has their own story and has their own kind of issues and things that are going on. And, and interests and interests and as you go through the game and you the the six uh, bachelorettes i think they've expanded it now but the six bachelorettes to begin with they each have their own quirks and personalities and you really begin to kind of get a feel for well, is this the kind of per- like person that i would actually like in real life there's the one who's a bit of a, a loner a bit of a an emo goth if you will she likes to play video games uh, but then there's the kind of free spirit mark did you just describe yourself there no i described uh, leanne my ex um <laughs> But then you've got uh, <laughs> Leah, dark side, dark Robinson here. Yeah, but then you've got Leah who lives in a wood cabin by the lake, and she creates art sculptures and pictures, and she's very kind of like a free spirit. And so they've all got these kind of their own personality traits. And you know, you get to a moment where you're like, okay, you 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 give them gifts every week, you talk to them every day to build up uh, the the friendliness, the heart uh, meter. And then you find the one that you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go with her. And you kind of buy the the bouquet and you go, or bouquet, sorry, and you go to them and then you kind of hand them. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, and then you hand the, the flowers to them and and then you're like, oh my God, I never really felt realized you felt that way before. And saying all of that back makes it sound a lot more tragic than it actually is. But in the game, it feels very satisfying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it from what is left on this list, it, it doesn't belong. Um. Right, uh, Barry, is it you next? Oh, geez, already. Uh... Tread lightly, my friend. <laughs> there are four incredible nominees here. Oh, I was surprised. Oh God, I realized there's no, there's no fight I can pick here that isn't really a fight. Uh, I was surprised Madagascar went. I know there's there's one here. I know the one you'll get the least amount of fight on. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so I so I I was surprised Madagascar went and the motorcycle chase stayed because I think they're both great. I would agree the motorcycle chase is like maybe the pinnacle of Uncharted set pieces. Also, with all that wet mud, it is fucking gorgeous. It is so yeah. cool. But I, I actually preferred Madagascar because I think it is it is even more gorgeous. I think it is damn near the 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 the, the peak of of uh, of visuals on the PS4 or maybe console gaming altogether. Um, and also, I one of my favorite things about Uncharted Four was they took some cues from Last of Us and they had some slow down moments in that in that game. And Madagascar was one of them. Uh, I love the motorcycle chase. I, I I but also I think it's. It's one of many parts of Uncharted Four that just suffers from a bit of fatigue, in the sense that it was it was a cool moment, but it was an Uncharted moment. We've had three of these before, uh, yeah. and I, I I hate to downplay it because it's so cool. But, yeah, uh, there, there's definitely a certain extent. Um, there's definitely a certain extent to which it's like set pieces before, but more and better looking. I having come into this and finally having completed an Uncharted game. Um, 
it's incredible just from a, a, a technical perspective of how they transition between uh, an in-game cutscene and then back to you controlling the, the, the character and then going back out of it and how the camera kind of moves around. There's a lot of moving parts to that particular scene that really fucking blew me away. Um, and I like... I still came out of that game going, yeah, it was alright, but like when I think about moments in that game, that is absolutely up there um, as as a really, really incredible uh, piece of uh, gameplay slash technical prowess by Naughty Dog, uh, who are kind of unmatched in that area. Yeah. Uh, right, okay, it's me now. This is fucking tough. Right, I pretty much know where the rest of these dominoes are falling. Um, so I'm just going to follow my own sword here and I'm going to put up pretty much every single thing that happens in Superhot. Um, let me tell you about this fucking game. This game, Superhot, the, the first person shooter where time only moves where you move. It's going to be coming up a lot uh, later on in the show. It's up for several categories. And um, Mark, you've played the early parts of this game uh, Barry, you're unfortunately in a position where um, you haven't had the means to play this game. And Jack, you recused yourself from the topic. So presumably you haven't played this game. Um, this, it's incredible, right? Um, so it starts off as this cool kind of, it's almost like reimagining a first person shooter as a puzzle game in the way that, you know, you have to really think about every single movement you make. Uh, because there are multiple enemies uh, trying to get rid of them with your limited clip of usually about three shots, uh, throwing weapons, disarming enemies, things like that. Um, it, it's incredible the way at the end of each level, the level speeds up. It shows you doing it in real time, uh, making you look like uh, an absolute beast. Um, but the the thing that really grabs me that made it one of the moments of the year is that about halfway through this game and I, I told Mark about this because I played about half of this game and kind of let it be uh, because it was getting to a point where I, I think I hit a wall with one level and then a new ga- some other game came out and I got distracted for a while but I came back to it a couple of weeks ago about halfway through this game maybe even two thirds of the way the game goes apeshit ballistic it goes full on Matrix, um, like the the original Matrix movie. You know, you know that line where Morpheus comes across him and says, "The Matrix has you, Neo," when he's talking to him on the computer. We're all familiar with that moment, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The game pretty much does that. Um, we we've seen anybody who's seen anything is super hot knows the meta thing with the uh, the typing in the chat on the 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 computer, the the old kind of. Um, the old time computer chat, uh, the the IRC kind of stuff, but it it goes many many levels ahead of that um, to the point where it really starts taking on the concept of free will, and it gets really meta and really weird, and it adds a bunch of um, mechanics in late game that makes things even more difficult, and the kind of it's it's not really a story, but it's more like a narrative thread. Um, when that get gets weird, where it because you think you f- you're free, you think you're able to do things, and there's a thing with shutting down the system where it basically pulls you out of the game into a super hot version of the real world, where you walk into your own apartment and shoot yourself in the back of the head. 
that's how weird it gets. Um, it's fucking mind-blowingly weird um, and a brilliant game. Uh, but I would concede that I'm happy for it to finish third. I didn't think it would get this far on the list without someone else discounting it. So uh, I'm happy to take it off here myself. Now that so it's something I really want to get back and play. Yeah. I'm kind of upset that I won't get to experience that and, and have it happen uh, without knowing that. Um, but yeah. like it, I remember playing that game for the first time again. Yeah, this is pretty fucking rad. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think as well, like, I, I think without knowing that it goes that crazy, uh, I think a lot of people would be tempted to, once they've seen, like you kind of, you played a bit of it, Mark, and then you kind of, you even said at the time, is like, I, I've seen what this game is, I'm happy enough with it. Yeah. But I think maybe even now knowing that it gets that crazy, it's still definitely, by some distance, it is very much worth going through because I'm not doing it justice with my description and the gameplay is still absolutely brilliant in it. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to fall on the sword here. So that leaves two. Um, I get the feeling and... this comes down to me, kind of. But uh, all I will say is that the end of the intro sequence to Doom plays in time with you cocking your shotgun. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, Barry has already prosthetized pretty well and convincingly on the elusive target situation. The three of us have played quite a considerable amount of Doom as well. Um, the first level of Doom took me back to my own childhood uh the reason i'm a broken nightmare person is because the first game i ever played at the tender age of five years old was doom um and any concern i had because we played the multiplayer beta for doom and were very worried about what that game was going to be and any concern i had was completely out the window by the end of the first level of doom where you go from pressing new game to shooting something between the eyes in about five seconds um, I, I will say this you know what we were just saying about inside in that it's a very effective intro but then doesn't hold up for the rest of the game doom yeah. is an even more effective intro to the game and does yeah. hold up for the rest doom, of the game doom starts at a breakneck pace and never slows down um where you come out and you see your the, the doom marine or the doom slayer his suit is there as kind of almost a shrine with the candles around it you put on the suit uh, the bit with Hayden where he comes through on the computer and you think you're going through some kind of narrative stuff like you might have in Doom 3, but then you just punch the fucking screen and just continue shooting things. And yeah, the bit where you get in the lift and the remixed version of E1M1 hits and you're fucking headbanging. And then, like you said, the last two drum beats of the new version of E1M1 end with you doing the cock of the shotgun, the are the final two drum beats. And then you're just out on the surface of Mars shooting shit in the face. Um, it's one of the best level ones of a game I've played in a long, long time. Uh, fucking love that moment. I'm happy for either of these two to win. Um, I would lean just based on I have actually succeeded at completing Doom level one. <laughs> uh, so I would lean my vote towards Doom um, rather than Hitman on this occasion. So what what do you two guys think here? I, I will just simply say that, and I'll be using this argument later on, spoiler alert, but the highest high I got this year was that intro to Doom. And just from the moment that started until the end of that first level, I was just aghast with, they they actually pulled this off. And not only yeah. did they pull this off, this is the most metal as fuck thing I've played in a long, <laughs> long time. But yeah. it's also 
it's self-aware about it and it's not taking itself seriously and it's not dealing with bullshit narrative it's just you are doom guy you want to shoot things because you are doom guy and that is what you do and it kind of expands a little bit on that later on into you are the doom slayer and makes it even better uh i just it, talking about it makes me want to go back and play it and yeah i love hitman more than i was ever expecting to because i didn't yeah. come into hitman with any kind of uh yeah. and you you don't like stealth games anyway no but i did like hitman go um yeah but just the highest high i got this year was just that first bit in uh, doom okay barry are you, are you willing to concede on this one or do you want to try and fight uh no i i i love the first level of doom i think it's i think it's iconic i think it's when people talk about uh, so highly about the tone and the feel of Doom, which is such a huge part of it, um, it it's encapsulated in that first level. Uh, I think that's a great moment, and I think it's it's obvious, like by the fact that we didn't talk about it up until this point, that uh, it was. I think in, in our hearts, we all knew that this was the winner. So I'm yeah. totally. And I think that. as well because yeah. it's it's a clearly defined moment as well, where yeah. you know singular, where plural, like there's many different moments from the uh, kind of Hitman targets but there's nothing you define as a, a particular moment so a I, singular I, moment yeah, yeah 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 um okay so in a hotly contested co- uh category moment of the year goes to the first level of doom 2016 or doom 4 however you want to put it dlc expansion of the year is the next topic i imagine this one will be brief i also think i may be the only one who has played every single one of these um i may even be yeah. the only one who has played most of these um, so the categories, and this should go quickly, are Dying Light, the following, Hitman, Elusive Targets, Overwatch's continuous edition of characters and loot, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Baba Yaga, Rocket League uh, adding courses and experimental courses, and The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine. Um, right. Mm. Uh, this, like, there are three here for me, actually four that I am quite happy to see win this uh, and two that I think are merit being mentioned for sure but uh, I don't think are winners just because the if you even if you were to compare the relative substance of the things I've talked about um, some things have more substance than others um, no, I'll quickly jump in and start throwing a weed whacker to this the Rocket League courses okay. it's a very cool yeah. thing I like they're in there but it's adding bells and whistles to a, a already yeah. perfectly crafted diamond yeah yeah yeah. I, I, I still would rather just play vanilla Rocket League yeah I've, I've tried yeah. the other things the hoops and whatever and I play a couple of go- goes and they're like yeah just, just give me Rocket League yeah and for similar reasons that's why I didn't uh, the other one I was going to put on here but I wanted to keep it shorter was the addition of different stuff to GTA Online uh, I really love the addition of the, the stunt mode that basically turns GTA Online into Mario Kart but again it's, it's bells and whistles rather than actual considerable substance um, Barry what, what are you going to knock off here? Ooh uh uh, so I've played Dying Light. I have not played the following. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a potential um, winner? Okay, the the following I love, but the the thing I will uh, say about it is it's it's not quite bells and whistles because there is a fair like a fair bit of cool additional story to it. And if you like Dying Light, you love the following, and it 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 adds extra layers of difficulty extra weapons things like that so it it feels fresher it doesn't feel like you're just playing more dying light 
Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, to a certain extent, it is just more dying light. Um, so I, I think if you're going to discount Rocket League as just being bells and whistles, I think dying light is, it's not simple bells and whistles, but it is a very nice set of bells and whistles. It's the next step up from just bells and whistles. Yeah. It's it's a, a nice additional piece of meaty content that's about 10 or 15 hours, probably. Um, but it's not, there is one here in particular, uh, and well, actually there's two here that I would fight very strongly for, so I'm happy to see this go. Right, Mark. Or do I, uh, I, I, I haven't done one yet. It's Dave, my bad. <laughs> um, I'm going to knock off. I'm sorry, Barry. Overwatch, uh, continuous edition of characters mm. and loot. Um, and the reason for that is again, it's a bells and whistles sort of thing, where yeah, uh, they've, they've added yeah. they've added a couple of characters this year that are pretty cool, like Sombra. Um, and they've added loot as it goes on, but the loot, thankfully, because it doesn't unbalance the game, is uh, majorly cosmetic, and. Uh, the addition of the likes of Sombra, it's not a character that is completely unheard of in the game. There are similar characters. Um, yeah. It's it's cool, this video game's a service thing where there is still stuff being added to Overwatch. And I always like that idea that people don't have to pay for the additional stuff if they don't want to. The characters are coming in for free and you don't ever have to pay for a loot box if you don't want to. Um, love all that shit. But again, yeah, it's it's kind of bells and whistles here. Yeah, I think that, I think that's fair. Also, I I don't really like the map they've added. the The German map, I didn't really, I don't really like it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play it. Uh, yeah, and the loot situation, I just I hate their loot box situation. So that 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 is a knock against it as well. So yeah, yeah, you know, I I love Overwatch, but yeah, that's okay. uh, that's an easy cut for me. Okay, this is a tough final three, gentlemen, and Mark. It is your turn to Look, uh, I, upset somebody. I'm going to be honest here. You're asking me to talk about. DLC for two games that I've not played, either the DLC or the actual games themselves. So I don't feel qualified enough to uh, really give any kind of valuable input here. So this this one, the floor is yours, gentlemen. Okay, Um, Barry, do have you? How many of these have you played? And if you haven't played any of them, would you like me to go through and explain either one of the others? Yeah, I've, unfortunately, all I've got is Hitman here. I haven't touched the Rise okay. of Tomb Raider or Witcher 3, so... Okay. So, um, Rise of Tomb Raider Baba Yaga is um, a piece of DLC that came out, I think, late spring, early summer this year. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider was a game that, unfortunately, it came out so late last year because I really would, really would have fought for it to be one of my favorite games of last year. It's fucking incredible. Um it's really, really good. It It's kind of, uh, I, I've talked about it on the podcast before how Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raider games unspo- inspired Uncharted to go and take that sort of game to new heights. And much in that same way, the rebooted Tomb Raider franchise has seen what Uncharted has done and gone, all right, fucker, we'll try and top that. And I think last, uh, the rise of the Tomb Raider is better. And this may uh, get win me a few enemies. I think Rise of the Tomb Raider is better than any of the three original Uncharted games. Oh, shit. Um, I think the challenge tombs are fucking great. The set pieces, um, it, especially one of my favorite set pieces in it is the the opening set piece as you're climbing the um, in the Himalayas. And then when you go to, I think, Syria is the next chapter. All the set pieces in it are fantastic. It is an Uncharted game. It, it gets bonus points as well for managing to in the course of the two rebooted games completely undo the horrific uh 
sex objectification of the Lara Croft character and actually make her a fucking three-dimensional human being that you care about. Um, right, let's let's focus uh, on the DLC. Game. But yeah, the DLC takes that. It gives you another kind of eight or ten hours of it, but adds. it basically makes it a survival horror game on top of that. Um, that's the best way I can put it, where it deals with kind of the the legend of Baba Yaga, the, the witch, uh, and is quite creepy. Um, it's not my favorite one of the two I have listed here. It is great. It's a great substantive piece of additional content for a game that's already great. The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine, however, is 30 fucking hours of incredibly compelling <laughs> story. It is like legitimately, and I'm pretty decently good at The Witcher. It's not like I was being held up for ages. It took me more than 30 hours to beat it. And it was fairly reasonable as far as DLC go. Like I had the season pass for it because I fucking love The Witcher like you read about. It was our game of the year last year for fuck's sake. Um, But it tells a great and nuanced story. And as um, that involves kind of vampires and obviously fantasy because that's what The Witcher is all about. Um, And also character development of characters from previous Witcher games that I hadn't played Witcher 1 or 2 but these characters are reintroduced in the DLCs, both the DLCs Blood and Wine and Hearts of Stone these characters are reintroduced and by the end of these DLCs I care about characters I hadn't even known about um, it does a great job of filling in these people from Geralt's world, like I said it's a huge piece of content, it tells a great story and it is because it's the end of Geralt's story it's a beautiful and poignant farewell to him kind of just a guy who's he has led a fucking horrific life battling monsters and it's kind of all about his desire to just have a a simple life just to survive and just to rest because he has done his life's work um i fucking love blood and wine i love that game so much two years later nearly and i still love the witcher 3 um so i'll happy what i'll do is i'll narrow it down to two straight away and i'll take rise of the tomb raider um off here i think it's great but compared to the other one i have nominated here it's yeah. very little <laughs> so it's you versus me here barry <laughs> yeah look i i mean i i haven't i haven't touched blood and wine and and, and i don't know what you make of the elusive targets i don't know that i can i, I love call it here yeah i love the concept of the elusive targets um that make you it, it's a great device to keep you coming back to the game regularly um, to keep continued engagement with the game, uh, much in the same way that the different opportunities and mastery levels on each map are brilliant. And I think I, I definitely, even if I hadn't nominated Rise of the Tomb Raider, I would vote for Hitman as a second place. But it's just hard for me, as much as I love both of these games, it's hard for me to argue against something that, for very little money, gave me a story and a series of side quests that are the length of most RPGs on their own. Um, so like I would eke it in favor of blood and wine, but if you're not happy with that, Barry, we can definitely talk it out here. I don't mind. No, no, I think, I think you've made a really good case. I think, I think you spoke with passion and conviction. <laughs> I've so much passion. Look, this you're, game. you're talking to me about a game. I don't care about. And actually I feel robbed the game that should have won game of the year last year here on links to the cast uh but even i'm convinced <laughs> that um this is probably the the correct choice for dlc expansion of the year yeah, yeah. you're right mark 
Metal Gear Solid 5 hey, definitely should have won Metal Gear last year. <laughs> so DLC expansion of the year is Witcher 3 Blood and Wine. Okay, now we're into best looking territory and we're going to go back to knocking off two at a time. Um, we'll try and keep this one brief uh, rather than get into a, an art gallery style discussion here. Um, so uh, the nominees are Doom, Firewatch, Fury, Hyperlight Drifter, Inside, Overwatch, Oxenfree, Pokemon Sun and Moon, um, Ratchet and Clank, Stardew Valley, The Division, The Witness, Uncharted 4, Unravel, and Virginia. Um, I, I haven't started first for a while, have I? Or I have think, I? I think Jack should probably be on this one. He's, oh, he's Jack, been quiet yeah, for the last Jack. two. Yeah, Jack. Hello. Hi. Not <laughs> too off there for us, buddy. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Virginia. I'll just start by eliminating that. Yeah, look, um, so I, I think Virginia yeah. is a nice-looking game, and that whole yeah. low-poly model style, that visual, is very cool, but it, it's there's nothing particularly yeah. striking about it. It's worthy of nomination, but not worthy of winning, I no. think. I, I, I like Virginia a lot more than you did, Mark, um, and the two reasons for that, are, uh, the two main reasons for that are sound and art design, yeah. because I think it, it, it's quite unique. Um but yeah, it's not. There are a couple of things that I would sooner see at the top of this list. I, if there was a list for game which I enjoy, how much it pissed so many people who are complete idiots off of the year, then it wins that award. But it doesn't win <laughs> a visual award. <laughs> I like yeah. Virginia. Yeah, I, I I like it a lot more than most people. I also think if we had a category for best Twin Peaks simulator of the year, it would certainly have won. Um, it's a very niche uh, nomination. We, yeah, we go for it may that. well win our next category, um, category when we yeah. talk about it. But um, yeah, I, I just wanted to get it mentioned there. Your second game, Jack, to knock off the list. Uh, I'm going to knock off uh, the division. Tom Clancy's yeah. the division. Yeah, because it doesn't. It really doesn't kind of stand out for me because it's a kind of grey and brown hewn shootery type game uh, that it it wouldn't look out of place in the last two generations, no matter what it was. And yes, like it looks shiny, but it doesn't do anything to inspire me. It doesn't have any real... pop or originality yeah. to it. I, I put it in there because it has um it has fantastic visual fidelity. I really like the way menus and everything in it are designed. I think it has the goddamn coolest game mini map I've ever seen in a game. Um it's real minority report kind of shit going on with it. Um I think it looks really uh great. The the scene at the very start for anyone who hasn't played it, where you walk into I think it's Manhattan, uh where you walk in and it's snowing. I think is one of my favorite looking scenes of the year. Um, but I, I, it's not doing anything massively unique or massively groundbreaking technologically. So I'm happy to see it go here. Um, Barry. Uh, Unravel. Okay. Now, Unravel is a pretty fucking average game, but I will say Unravel... Whimsy, the video game. It might have the best-looking water I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's yeah. a if, if, very nice-looking game. The only thing it is missing to be the most graphically advanced game in history would would be the da- tandem of best-looking water and best use of Triple H's hair. 
Yeah. The, the, yeah. the two and, benchmarks and, for fidelity. And it does some really nice stuff with um, kind of transitioning between the foreground and the background. Uh, it's actually like, I'm surprised a lot more uh, kind of gaming outputs haven't mentioned Unravel because it really went under the radar because, again, it's not very good. But as an actual kind of graphical masterpiece, it's it genuinely I do think it's one of the best looking games this year. Um, if you want to say that maybe like um, there are games here that have a better kind of art direction, then we we can have that. But I I do think Unravel's actually like it's up there as one of the best looking games of the year. Do you think it's a oh. grown up version of Kirby's Epic Yarn? It's a kind of inferior version. Yeah. Um, Barry, do you want to stick with it, or do you have? A... Uh, no, no. I think I think Max made a good point there. Uh, okay, instead of that, I will go for a game I really like, and I think it looks good. Uh, Fury. Oh no! In, you're, just, in you're just determined to troll Mark with these selections. <laughs> in like Fury is fucking amazing. Again, like other games I've mentioned, it's anime as fuck, and it's basically anime meets Samurai Jack, which I'm all on board with. Um, yeah, is a little bit rough looking around the edges, and I'd rather fight for that in the soundtrack category than the best looking. So. Yeah, I will. I will be on your side in that fight. I think the soundtrack is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the anime look it's good, but uh, technically it's a little rough. It looks like it could have been a PS3 game. Yes. You know, it looks like it could. Yeah. It could. Uh, and also, uh, I thought the anime look and the enemy design was awesome until like I finished the game and then I was like, actually, you know what? For that second half, there was a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a couple so, of cool, really cool boss designs, but it does feel like it it it, it kind of peters off towards the end. I agree with you there. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a weird but cool game. So yeah. so that one, uh, that one could go. Other than that, this is now it's getting tough. Yeah. I'm just looking down the list here. Do there, there are literally there are a lot of these I can see pissing off Mark. Uh, okay, <laughs> what, what about this? Let's let's pick this one then. What about Pokemon? Boo. Okay, pissing off Jack. <laughs> All right, look, it's a really cool looking game, and it's it's good that. Uh, we're finally getting to that point now where it's like, if Pokemon was uh, on a console machine, you know, what would it look like? And we're getting closer to it, and I think this is the the closest we've been. But it it feels like they basically took Ruby and Sapphire and just expanded a little bit more on that. And and because Ruby and Sapphire was, hey, tropical environment, and and this is what that is, but more. I think there's some really, really cool uh, Pokemon designs. I think some of the, the new uh, creatures they come up with are incredible. Some of them are also terrible. Uh, look at you, battery, bus, bug, caterpillar thing, whatever the fuck you are. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's... Don't uh... be dissing on Charger Bug. No. Okay, Charger Bug's it. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's going to win this. It's a really cool looking game and you can see that there's been a lot of work and a lot more attention put into this and I think that the the character design has greatly improved from the last couple of entries and it's certainly yeah. it's the Pokemon game with the most identity that they've had for a long time. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to win this though. Okay. I don't think it's going to win this but I do feel like it is the most well-developed uh region as it were in in a pokemon game so far like it has its own character and feel to it yeah and they kind of stick with it you know obviously that the early years were just different hues of the same town 
but um since they've been able to kind of expand on you know the the, the different areas in the games they'll, they'll spend a lot of time in the games kind of making different areas feel a different way it's the first game that wasn't heavily reliant on like caves as well like there's no huge cave area that you Thank have to explore God. for like for like a hundred years yeah yeah and it i just i think it for for uh i don't know i guess i'm grading on a curve of what previous pokemon games have been done like when i when i kind of clutch this one close to my heart but i i do think it for a pokemon game as i say Grading on a curve a bit, it, it's the best thing that they've ever produced. I, I will say this, and when, I adore it. When you need to uh, like clean up your Pokemon and you open the ball and there's a Snorlax there taking up the entire 3DS screen, <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate yep. that. Um, Every Pokemon is to scale in the game, yeah. except Waylord, which I can't <laughs> begin to tell you, and Mark will know how much this disappoints me. <laughs> I love how ridiculously big a Waylord is compared to any other Pokemon because it's a fucking whale. Uh, right. It's not the okay. best looking I, game. Yeah, I'm going to go next. Um, and I'm just going to do it because I know when it's Mark's turn, he's going to start knocking off things I like. Um, so it's going to be a double header of things uh, that may annoy Mark. But both of these are because they are, I think everything after here, is a wonderfully designed game but the two i'm going to knock off uh, are wonderfully designed but aren't either they aren't either benchmarks for fidelity or a unique visual style um and those two starting off with sorry mark stardew valley uh, i totally agree it's it's because what that it game just is... it looks like a beautiful snes game yeah yeah which no, I, 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 I i love but it's not unique. No, no, not at all. I, I'm, um, I'm not going to fight you on that one. That is not a hill I would die on. This might be. I don't know. Um, Doom. Oh, hello. Yes. I can love turn the, the sword st- on yourself, dear sir. Yeah, yeah. Look, I love this game. I love the visual style of this game. Um, but it does not look in terms of fidelity uh or in terms of just the the way the art is presented i love the art in the game but i don't think it is the most unique art i've seen all year it's a great job at transposing the designs of origin the original two doom games into 2016 but i don't think when i look at this list there are two or three games here that are genuinely either just mind-blowingly sharp and clear uh in terms of their art direction and there are a couple that are just i've never seen anything quite like it before doom is unfortunately for me not one of them I'm, does it I'm fall into the same category as as pokemon in the sense that it kind of it, it it we know what we've come to love of doom and what it is yeah. is an upscaled version of what we've yeah. already it seen do- it doesn't look massively dissimilar um from what you would imagine like it's it's just tough for me because i love it so much i really do it's one of my favorite games all year Uh, and it is a brilliant looking game but when i look at everything else here on the list um everything here either looks better than it in terms of a unique art style or looks better than it in terms of looking creepily photorealistic i mean i guess you could say that like um it if you wanted to imagine what uh a Kakademon would look like if you, you know, put it into Maya and had an expert 3D renderer create what that would look like in 3D, then yeah, sure, it's yeah. pretty much what you'd think. Um, I'm I'm a little bit surprised. Like, I would have ha- had this higher up or and not uh, 
Outside. Yeah, like if we were if we if we if we were if we were doing an ordered list, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, I'd keep it in longer. But just for the sake of speeding things along, I'm just going <laughs> to knock things off All because right. I don't think it's going to win. Okay. If we were doing an ordered list, it belongs on the short cool. list. But I I'm going to knock it off right now. Um, I think that's I think that's fair. I think the there's an awful lot of metallic hallways and yeah, and, sure, which is kind yeah. of like an inherent thing with um, kind of futuristic or spacey type yeah. shooters. Yeah, it's not, it's not sure. discounted. It's just that it's nothing. It, it's it's nothing in it, it like a landmark in yeah, design. Gotcha. You know, it, it is in terms of the way, like in some ways, like if this was best level design um that's a whole different thing but in terms of actually just the art style and art direction i don't think this is number one so that's why i'm throwing it off mark you're two all right uh ratchet and clank is a lovely looking game and I, yeah i had a feeling that was gonna be next and um the fact that that game just runs smooth throughout and there's a lot yep. of shit that goes on during that game um and it's very impressive uh how they keep that running so smoothly um for what's not even like a full price game um I really, really enjoy that game a lot more than I realize sometimes, and it's a fucking gorgeous-looking game. Um, yeah. It probably isn't going to win. Uh, Ratchet's fur is pretty effective. Like, if you want to talk about Triple H hair, I think we need to talk about Ratchet hair going forward. I think that really does <laughs> yeah. a fine job. Um, but no, I don't think it's going to win this. Um, and then, here's one we can have a conversation about. I don't think The Witness is going to win this. Oh, I was going to call out The Witness. Look, yeah. Um, the Witness, I in terms of having that kind of sterile environment where nothing is alive, but at the same time, you're not too sure, it has that bang on. Um, but at the same time, like, there's nothing that I feel is, is that impressive about it because because nothing is, is animating for the most part. There's not a lot of moving parts. Like I'm going really on just in terms of the kind of technical ability to make that game look as good as it does, I don't think really there's a lot there. In the two in the stakes of the two games on this list that are solitary largely solitary experience with bold and popping colour palettes, I would much sooner have Firewatch still on this list than the witness. Yep, totally. Um, okay, so we are back to who started this one? Was uh, it Jack? It's ba- yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Jack, yeah. Yeah, Jack. I get the feeling that I'm going to say a name and, and people are just going to come down on me like a ton of bricks. Um, we'll have a civilized discourse about it. I don't know. Uh, fucking Uncharted 4. What? <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, See? No, it looks amazing. Um, yeah. Um, but... Arthur... Yeah, go on, yeah, sorry. But it's another Uncharted game. Yeah. That looks better than the previous Uncharted game. Look, the, the facial animation in that game is about as good as you can get in a video game. Like, um, yeah. I... Was... See, this is the technical side of it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. But I, I'm with you that, sure, it's, it is another Uncharted game that is better looking and... Um... Nathan Drake is such a... Bo- look, I... I, as a as a as a protagonist for a game as well, I find Nathan Drake so uninspiring. <laughs> True, and um, um, we will have that conversation um, for for later on. I I do yeah, agree there um, that in terms of visually, yeah, it's it's fucking incredible. It is, yeah. It, this is the one where in the back of my head, the two here that are real 
benchmarks for graphical fidelity are Uncharted 4 and Unravel. And personally, Uncharted 4 would have been second on my list if we were doing an ordered list. Um, it is unbelievable looking. Uh, points like Madagascar and yeah, when there's uh, in the cutscenes when you're looking at their their kind of the mocap, um, it's all, all very uncanny valley. That's how real it looks. Um, but it it's not my number one. So I'm not gonna like uh, it would be second. I would fight hard for it to be second for me personally. But uh, I'm not gonna fight to death on this. So I I'm happy to let it go unless uh, there's a strong fight to try and make it top from somebody. I will say just. <laughs> From a from a, a hot take on my end, I think that uh, like on a kind of technical ability level, whatever, the unravel is actually better looking in Uncharted Four. If we're going purely on like technical art, whatever direction, um, but like the, the set pieces and uh, again that that motorcycle scene, how that all is is done, um, and you know a couple of times when you're climbing up on the side of a cliff and you look over and you can see into the horizon you know like you can't argue that it's it's one of the best looking games of the year barry uh do you want to fight this or how are you feeling um would you would you like jack would you like jack to post an alternate i don't know i mean i don't know if this necessarily wins anyway so maybe I guess I could see it going in the sense that I was critical of Doom for being a bit samey, uh, yeah. and I think I think Uncharted Four is also kind of samey. So, despite being the technical powerhouse that it is, I think yeah. again, if we were doing a numbered list, I would have liked it to be number two, but we're not. So it's just one winner. So I guess that can go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jack, second one. Um. Oh, this is probably gonna. It. If if I said to you that I thought this game just had a general like haze to it which i feel like it's like a game that you're looking at through an instagram filter which of the games <laughs> left would you say sums that up uh, would it be firewatch correct um that just isn't my taste personally to look at uh, i love how the game looks uh, firewatch is one of my favorite games of the year but it's not the number one game on my list and i've already let my number two go <laughs> so um i see yeah uh I, I, you know if again if it was an ordered list i'd want it to stay on but uh and I'm, it did have cool it did have some snagging frame rate issues to begin with which have been yes since then, so yes uh barry yeah that that really bothered me as well yeah i was very upset with how firewatch ran so yeah. that's a tough one because i think that game looks gorgeous but oh. uh, i think that's fair but in it just oh it just smacks of the Instagram filter type look to me. Oh, like, damn hipsters. Yeah, but why does everything have to have a, a haze? Like, <laughs> well, I, I don't get it. Like, because there's a fire yeah. that you watch. It's, it's my favorite Team Fortress 2 mod ever. Because that is how your arms look. I thought that was Overwatch. <laughs> oh, hey, here we go. Um, okay, my go. To knock two off here, I'm going to knock off um, Oxenfree. Um, which is a really cool design for a game. I really love the art style in that game. And the thing that's particularly great about it is that you manage to have that uh, strange little kind of sort of retro-y uh, art direction for a game and at the same time manage to keep the atmosphere of a horror game, uh, which is great. I love Oxenfree, but uh, I know it's not going to win here, so I'm going to knock that one off, uh, unless anyone wants to fight me on it. 
no, I, I, okay. it does look cool. Um, I haven't spent enough time with it to to go too much into it, but um, it does have a, a kind of original art style to it. So points for that. Uh, and the other one I'm going to knock off here is the one Mark fought to keep on earlier on, and that's Unravel. Yeah, there's um, two against uh, two people now, so I'm not going to fight it. Um, yeah. Um, it is it is the most kind of of the four that are left here. It's the the greatest uh, graphical achievement, uh, technical achievement of the rest of them. But I think the other three have such a strong artistic vision, uh, and all three of the other ones are quite unique in their own way. Uh, whereas Unravel is just going for the most kind of uh, the best technical sort of. Um, so that's why I'm discounting that. Um, which leaves uh we'll go we'll go down to taking one off at a time now mark you're next so take one off those three okay now this is a tough three this is tr- uh, I'll, this... I'll just say that the last three here are overwatch inside and hyperlight drifter so this is tricky because i would want to keep hyperlight drifter on because it, it purely on a, a subjective uh, I, I, I am I am with you purely on a subjective level uh, I'm a big fan of, of the pixel art style and I know that we've kind of come full circle now where pixel art came back into fashion and then we've almost kind of come full circle where everyone's really sick of it again but if, yeah. you, if you want a game of that style that does the, the pixel art style with the kind of smoothest animation and the most attention to detail that you can get it doesn't get any better than Hyperlight Drifter. Um, and, yeah. you know, in matching the kind of post-apocalyptic, um, like, there's these, again, there's a little bit of a, a kind of Studio Ghibli style to it, where they take futuristic settings and then let, like, nature take over. Um, and I, I think it's a fucking incredible looking game for what it is. Yep. Um, so, on that note, I'm going to let Barry fight me about Overwatch because that's the one I, <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to do that. Yeah. Oh, God. Overwatch looks so good. Yeah. Um, okay. Overwatch. I mean, so it has that cartoony animated style that is just so like distinctly Blizzard. And and it's great, but what I really appreciate about it is the way it kind of looks and performs in the middle of a match, in that the 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 life of those characters is portrayed as you're playing them. If you get me, the way they yeah. they're dodging around, they're taunting, and the and and all the the effects off the guns and all that stuff. I think it looks really great. I think the game has a decent technical kick to it. I think the the golds are very shiny and and and, and what have you. Um, I think it's it's very varied. It's very colorful. I think all the the variety of characters is really cool, um, uh, and also things like just little things like the uh, the design on the uh, on the skins. I know you were critical of the loot earlier, but I do think the art design on the sheer variety of the of the character skins is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I would rather keep. I would rather keep Overwatch and cut inside, and then have a conversation about Overwatch yeah. versus Hyperlight Drifter. I, I'd I'd rather do that as well. I will accept that. Um, yeah, I will okay. cut inside. Inside is gone. Uh, um, I, I I was kind of toying with the idea of inside, but I wanted to uh, hear the argument for Overwatch first. So thank you, Barry. 
Okay. Um, the last two here are Hyperlight Drifter and Overwatch. Um, I think I'm the only one of the three of us who really likes both of these games. Have you played Hyperlight Drifter, any, any Barry? Uh, yeah, I I played it. I really oh, liked it. Oh, cool. uh, I did not finish it, but I liked it a lot. Uh, and specifically with regards to visuals, I thought it was it was pretty damn stunning. Yeah. Uh, my, my I... method of thinking here, I don't want to, like, because uh, both of you have gone on a bit, uh, both of these games here, so I think maybe we'll just put it to a vote, because uh, Jack has heard your arguments now. Uh, I have my own opinion, having played and loved both of these games. Um, yeah. So we just put it to a vote and see where we're at at the end. If sure, we're yeah. locked. If, I think if we're locked to all uh at the end of this one we'll just call uh a, a, a joint winner maybe or or, yeah. uh, or we'll see we'll see where we're at after the vote anyway maybe we won't um okay um my vote is hyperlight drifter barry my vote is going to be overwatch mark i would go hyperlight drifter oh you're all going to hate me but i i i think hyperlight drifter is a really cool take on something that, as Mark said, has kind of been done to death. So to make that look of that pixel art style feel fresh is a big achievement. But Overwatch just as cool as it's just cool as shit, man. It, I, and I know that's like a, a really shallow argument, but, but it's just that everything about the personality of the game is encapsulated in the way it looks. Like you look at it and you just instantly kind of have a feel for it. And I, of all the games that, that I've seen, like I didn't necessarily get to play either of the games but i have seen enough of them to say that i feel like overwatch is 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 the one of the two that i would choose okay on art um, style. i'm happy to call this a draw gents yeah i'm not gonna argue uh, that i think so as well especially because a category like this in modern gaming is so tough because they're so different like overwatch yeah. and hyperlight drift like how like it's <laughs> the same as like how, if you were to have a debate about uncharted versus inside yeah, you know it's, what I mean? apples it's, like, it's, it's apples and oranges. It's apples and oranges. So tough. It's so yeah. so tough. Okay, so I'm happy with that. We could say best yeah. 3D looking game and best 2D looking game. How about that? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Best looking game. It's a tie. It's Hyperlight Drifter and it's Overwatch. Sadly, gentlemen, I think that's going to call a halt to part one of our game of the year deliberations here. Uh, much like last year, this thing is going to be a two-parter. There's a lot to discuss. Uh, a lot left. Please tune in in a couple of days for uh, part two of our deliberations that will feature the categories of best music, last year's game of this year, the handheld or mobile game of the year, the ham sandwich slash keen award for okayest game of the year, console exclusive of the year, multiplayer game of the year, and 2016's Game of the Year. Uh, I'd like to thank all the lads for being part of part one of these deliberations, and we shall have them back for part two. Uh, for myself, Dave Ryan, for Mark Robinson, Jack Lazell, and Barry Murphy, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you in a couple of days with part two. <laughs>